Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Be a part of today's show. We'll have a lot of opportunities for uh, you to get your words in here today. What are you looking forward to this sports weekend? What do you think about East Carolina and UCF and uh, any other things on your mind on this Friday? You can chime in on YouTube as well as Facebook Live and uh, hit us on Twitter as well. All right, we uh, we got some Elysian to give away today, the Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, and that can be yours in hour number three of today's show. So stick around for that. Coming up in hour number three, we will make you a winner, a 12-pack of the Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, proudly distributed by Caroline Eagle Distributing since 1989, our Free Beer Friday giveaway today. We've got Shirley Rhodes, C.J. Schaefer, the Chan Man here in studio and coming up on today's program, you'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Carroll in a little bit uh, as we get our ECU football report in. Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We got a lot to talk about with Tony. We'll talk about it in hour one with Chandler. Christian McCaffrey, late last night, traded to the San Francisco 49ers as the Panthers rebuild is officially underway. Uh, we'll talk about that with Tony and make some picks. And I am the worst NFL picker potentially on planet Earth. I got to fix that very quickly or I'm going to be left behind. Morgan Aylers joins us at 5 o'clock. Brian North in the 5 o'clock hour as well. And Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, will join us. We'll talk football with all those guests, a little golf, and more coming up on today's program. As Tyler says on YouTube, give us a like, folks. Send us a Friday like. A Friday subscribe. That would be fantastic here on this Friday. Alex, in on Facebook, Chandler, I'll let you read this one. What does Alex say on Facebook? We're having a freaking game. We're having a freaking game tomorrow night. Blackout. Blackout, freaking game. Having a freaking blackout game. How about those freaking pirates? How about those freaking pirates? Mike Houston ready to go? Are the Pirates ready to go? How about those freaking Pirates? When they take on UCF on Saturday night. Do your damn job! Let's get a Friday vibe check with everyone. Because mine are pretty low when it comes to this game. I have talked myself into being scared about UCF. I admit it. I've looked at a lot of numbers this week. And uh, I'm scared. Uh, Shirley, if you don't mind um, hitting the sound here. Because I am nervous. Why are you nervous? Yes, I am. Why? Just as we inch closer to kickoff. I mean, this is a really, really good UCF program coming in here. The only thing I do like, and we've talked about this, this is their first. It's hard to believe. You're midway through October. Their first trip out of the state of Florida. 
Uh, and, and, you know, we've had other people talk about, you know, they haven't really played anybody, but this is a, as always, a UCF program that's got a lot of speed. they got a quarterback that can put the ball down and run it. Uh, maybe one of their, if not their fastest player on the on the, on the the team. Um, our defense is going to have to step up. Our defense is going to have to play a lot better than it did last week. They did make the plays that they needed to make to win the game. But UCF is uh, is a team that's going to be looking to you know get a win on the road, a true road win uh, for the first time this year. So Pirates are five-point dogs. I'm thinking the line might move towards UCF maybe as we inch closer to kickoffs. Well, there's a reason it could drop uh, in ECU's favor, and that is because if they start getting national TV buzz and somebody uh, with some stature – says they're taking the pirates it could make the public go towards ecu and that happened last night on uh sports center scott van pelt going over his winners you know he loves east carolina he is five and two taking the pirates and he likes him again surely hit scott van pelt from sports center last night there are a few things that bring me as much joy <laughs> as this picture it represents so many things those that know know no quarter! Sup dogs? More like home dogs. Hey Pirates to battle UCF and Doty Ficklin, where they're always dangerous. Those are spectacular uniforms last oh. week, by the way. Alright, so SVP on the Pirates plus the points. Stanford Steve was rocking the home field apparel that was cool. ECU Peach Bowl shirt under his jacket. So they are on the Pirate side and I think Scott Van Pelt probably legitimately likes ECU, but I swear every time they're a home dog, sub dog, more like home dog, mm-hmm. he takes East Carolina. So no he's, quarter. He's, I love when he says that. No quarter. He's doing it again. He's on the Pirates again. Yeah, CJ, how you feeling about this game? What? Excuse me. What? what? Is- I'm with y'all. I'm nervous. Um, Clip, I heard you mention you've talked yourself into being nervous about the game there's nothing to talk yourself into you we we should be nervous about this game as as fans obviously as a team you would want to go into the game confident but just as a fan and just looking at the two teams and the recent history of the matchup there's it's an uphill battle for ecu before kickoff even happens um as we've seen as we've talked about plenty of times throughout the week uh central florida has a very explosive offense and you would have to imagine that EC, ECU is going to have to have their uh, best offensive performance to date to have a chance at, the, at winning this game. You can kind of match up UCF's schedule with our schedule. So they hammered South Carolina State. That was like our Campbell game. Right. They lost to Louisville, which Louisville's not very good. They do have a talented quarterback in Malik Cunningham. Um, is that our state game i don't know if you can compare louisville to state but something similar anyway ucf beat uh florida atlantic 40 to 14 is that like our old dominion game maybe uh they beat georgia tech which georgia tech is really really bad this year uh ucf hammered smu 41 to 19 that's kind of like our Tulane, Tulane and smu pretty similar right we lost to Tulane smu was hammered by ucf although Tulane's probably better defensively smu may be better offensively that's the one that makes me i guess nervous that one result kind of stands out and then ucf hammered temple 
70 to 13 that's kind of like us playing south florida so i think the teams have played somewhat similar schedules maybe nc state and tulane are they better than their top 25 teams ucf doesn't have anybody on their schedule in the top 25 so could you argue the pirates are a little more battle tested maybe we've been outside of our state to play football games Mm -hmm. where ucf hasn't so if you want to look at it from a glass half full side maybe i just gave you one yeah and it, but this defense is going to be tested, maybe tested more than they ever have this season. Uh, we'll take a uh, more in-depth look at the UB stat sheet tomorrow, starting at 3.30 for the Bud Light pregame tailgate. But taking a look at it right now, UCF is outscoring their opponent 248-86. to 86. And then uh, when it comes to first downs, 152-113 to 113 with their opponents. Passing yards, or total offense, I should say, they're, or they're, they have over 1,000 more yards uh, total offense than their opponents. So the defense is going to be uh, in for a tall task tomorrow. Read those fourth quarter scoring numbers for the year, Chandler. Um, All right, I'll do it. UCF has scored 64 66 uh, points in the fourth it. quarter oh wow they have given up nine nine fourth quarter points all year long so they are a second half team much like east carolina and uh when it when it becomes time to finish it out they have been able to do that so far this year and like you said this is a uh this is the ucf team coming in that is similar to ecu in the sense that they have wear, worn down their opponents throughout the course of a game and uh, even though East Carolina hasn't come out on the winning end of every game, you can you can clearly see in many of the games that we've played, uh, most notably we could talk about NC State in the season opener, that it's it's a grind for 60 minutes for this ECU football team, and they will wear you down. And uh, like I mentioned, we saw in the state game, they came back. They made plays when they needed to late in the fourth quarter. Um, missed, obviously, the couple plays that would have sealed a win, but... ECU is going to be tested by a UCF team who plays very similar to them when it comes down to crunch time. Johnny Robertson is our unique stat guy. Today he becomes an observation guy on Facebook. He says, I have watched UCF three times this season. I love Plumlee, but he isn't a great passer. His receivers are getting so much separation that makes his job very easy. So that is an astute observation there by Johnny Robertson. That, And looking at it, it does look like that John Rice Plumley is a more dangerous runner than he is a thrower. He did both against Temple, uh, but that that's going to be something East Carolina is going to have to account for. Another uh, fast scrambling quarterback that can hurt you uh, in a number of ways. We've seen multiple of those this year already. Um, you can count Michael Pratt maybe as one of those guys that can run, but a guy like a Campbell guy that kind of gave ECU fits early on in that football game. Uh, continuing to look at some of the scores throughout the quarters. Uh, it's pretty even uh, when it comes to scoring in each quarter. 55 in the first, 61 in the second, 66 in the third, and 66 in the fourth. The most that opponents are scoring is in the first quarter with 38. So it's a very important for Dottie Kirkpatrick and this Pirate offense to get off to a fast start, but stay consistent and uh, and keep the pedal to the metal. Tyler says UCF isn't bad, but those stats are skewed by two or three games for them, like South Carolina State and Temple. Maybe. Would you say that East Carolina's offensive numbers are skewed by games like Campbell and South Florida? think you could do that. Uh, Robert says Plumlee is not super accurate. Does that mean he's kind of accurate, sort of accurate, not super accurate? Got to get some pressure 
on Plumley and uh and also at the same time keep him from scrambling and uh getting out of the pocket so east carolina a dog heading into the game against ucf on saturday we will uh be with you 3 30 on the bud light pregame tailgate i admit i don't love getting home after 2 a.m but i do like our bud light pregame tailgate being uh at 3 30 because we get to watch a lot of games yeah we're kind of right there in the middle of it so we have a uh, basically a watch party with you as we talk east carolina and ucf gonna be a lot of fun coming up on saturday yeah and uh before i uh, come to work tomorrow at 3 30 i'll be checking out a game that i have on my upset picks of the week that i had on wednesday syracuse and clemson kicking off at noon you'll talk to mark greenhouse and talk some clemson football with him coming up in the program but uh looking to see if dino babers and the uh syracuse orange can upset the tigers on the road and ruin their chances of the college football playoff something that we'll be seeing a lot tomorrow and keeping an eye on is the landscape of the college football playoff coming up this year uh sam is checking in chandler he says if ecu does the score plays and tell ucf they can't do their score plays i see no way they can't win tomorrow thank you sam for the insight thank you sam there is sam sam taylor everybody sam taylor everybody uh robert says uh plumley is over 60 percent overthrows a few times a game uh let's take advantage of those let's get those picks and turn them into six as we did a week ago uh kevin says uh exciting says he's taking his three-year-old son to his first ecu game this weekend wear the black we got a cool promo video coming out on saturday of chandler and i showing off our game day fits uh we're going to be rocking the black at daddy ficklin stadium so get ready for a blackout the field is going to look awesome in the black and white unis are going to look awesome i saw some people uh conspiracy theorists or just i don't know uh intelligent viewers who noticed that during the uniform reveal yeah they showed the black uniforms they showed the black helmets but they did not show the side of the black helmets which is leading some to believe there may be the pirate script on the side of the mm. that is a a theory going around going around the uh the internets right now and you would think that if they were going to stick with the regular ecu logo they would have shown it so that i like that theory maybe we will see the script for the second straight week in a row what those awesome those uniforms last week were awesome so maybe we'll see the pirate script for the second week in a row this time in all black just interesting they didn't show the side of the helmets when they uh did the uniform reveal john says we are well john we're plus five meaning ucf is a five point favorite in the game uh he says he's taken out uh second mortgage from the hater department i believe what he's trying to say is he's taking ucf i didn't get all that but uh well good luck to you john if you do put your money where your mouth is i am calling for a ucf victory i hope i'm wrong just like i hoped i was wrong when i said state would beat ecu and like i hoped i was wrong when i said tulane would beat ecu unfortunately i was right right. in those cases you're right in both cases i'm hoping to be wrong this time when i say ucf knocks off the pirates 37 to 31 so a six point uh uh win there for ucf the spread is as of right now still at five and uh, you were thinking maybe it was going to be more towards about a seven-point seven. favorite. I was thinking seven. So you're th- you're thinking your projection is under, but you have UCF covering tomorrow. So we shall see. 
that means it's going to be a tight game. It was one last year in Orlando, yeah. a very low-scoring game, a 20-16 to 16 ball game in Orlando last year where the Pirate defense came up and played really good football. But unfortunately, the offense just didn't get enough done to get the win on the road. Maybe they can do that tomorrow. Uh, Newton says they need to fix the riddle bumper on the helmet front, put ECU there. What is on the normal front bumper of the helmet? Uh, East Carolina, I guess. No. Pirates? I don't know. What's up there normally, Newton? I know last week they did the, uh, I think they did the 90s look with the ECU logo Mm -hmm. on the front. I love little. ECU, uh, like 1991 on the side of the helmet. A lot of people don't care about this stuff at all. I wouldn't say I care about it, but I do find those details interesting on the uh, the bumper. You know what else I look at? Because I'm like a uh, nut job. The buttons on top of baseball hats. Like I want to do a sports trivia Wednesday night. I might do it sometime and say what name, color? name every team that has a blue button on their baseball huh. hats. Like I love the uh, little details. Like Would that, that be like the Blue Jays? Well, sure, but because one of them I noticed the other day, Philadelphia, in their uh, red hats, has a blue button on top. Speaking of blue, I wonder if UCF will wear blue tomorrow in their away jerseys because they wore blue. They've wore blue multiple times this year, especially at home. They did it last week on a Thursday night game against Tipple where they put up a 70-burger, but they're wearing these space, uh, help me out here, space something uniforms where they're like their numeral the numeral on their jersey is blue space cadets will their feelings be blue when they leave tomorrow hey oh <laughs> ho. john says cover like your grandma's quilted blanket come on john john is uh all in on a ucf cover tomorrow night cover what? like your grandma's quilted blanket hmm all right good stuff give us a like uh and they subscribe this is weird what is yeah being serious and talking about the game tomorrow on a friday what do you mean i like to goof off but we got to get ready for tomorrow we'll have four hours of pregame service to you guys in the pirate nation service we're calling it service now we serve the pirate what are you tom brady (laughs) every time i do a pregame show i feel like i'm going off to war with my uh you got get down grenade <laughs> like here comes the ube stat sheet you guys are my infantry and i don't know who exactly we're at war against other pregame shows other like live sports that's on tv yeah i don't know <laughs> college game day that was a uh, tom brady reference for those wondering uh he goes off to war during football season and apparently, when you're in war, you get to also go to cool weddings with billionaires like Robert Kraft. But he goes to war, but when he's deployed back home, he doesn't want to see his family. No. Nah. You know that awesome video? And I mean this sincerely. When they're at the airport and they're seeing their wife and kids. Or the surprise I'm ones. Coming. They make me cry every time. Where they go in the classroom or like karate class the one where the like the lady's like a dentist and her son's sitting there waiting for her in the uh dentist chair oh my god gets me every time yeah i mean those are tear inducing uh videos and moments that are very very special tom brady doesn't have those moments <laughs> with his family he like he cries when he sees his family because he's like oh god there's my family there's my he arrives home <laughs> they go up to hug him and he just shoots past them and goes in the backyard and starts throwing <laughs> footballs 
they're like open to arm and he's like running towards them and then pushes them out of the way gronk's out there um drinking tequila and they just start tossing the football around all right uh so we'll be with you 3 30 tomorrow bud light pregame tailgate chandler i gotta ask how are you doing today because something happened last night that uh that really affected you i would think yeah um reality has set in set in set in yep reality has set in do you think it was sit in no i just said that wrong (laughs) i'm sorry all right yeah, I'm choked up. Because then I'm I choked said up, set, I'm and upset. you acted like, oh, set in is no, how you it, say it? it? set in. <laughs> Reality has set in as a Panther fan. Yeah. And how about a late-night bomb? How, how about a late-night chef bomb? bomb? Now, it was about 11, 11.30 here, but San Fran was rejoicing in the Bay Area when they got the news at about 8, 8.30 that they were acquiring Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey no longer a part of the Panthers after five and a half years with the organization. It is officially rock bottom. It is officially rebuild mode. The Carolina Panthers are underway, and it's nothing but up from here. Reality has set in. I know now. Okay, now's the time to resettle, reconstruct, and let's get in, let's get going in the right direction. Kevin on Facebook Live says, "I'm done with the Panthers." I'm, right. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that. If they'd have kept McCaffrey, they would have stunk and not had all those draft picks. Would I'm not going to say that. Done with the Panthers at that point. I, I get it. I mean, when he's probably the last guy on the team you like, and they get rid of him, so now when you look at your team, you don't recognize him anymore. But that's why we we root for the uh, the jersey, the cloth, the name, and not these players because they're but, here one day, gone the next. I think it's uh, you should at least be happy to see that there is a clear direction they're going in now. I mean, it's that's easy for us to say, CJ, as outsiders looking in, but it's true. You, sh- I'm not going to tell you how to feel, Panthers fans, but. You got a lot of draft picks out of this. Yes. I, I, yes. And you're going to keep losing games and get a really high first round pick well, look, to go with all these picks. Let's let's look at it this way. If you're a Hornets fan right now, do you want to win games? Do you want to be the nine seed or do you want to get the number one overall pick? Because well, I would rather have the pick. I want to win games, but odds are we're not going to win enough games we're not win to enough. make it matter. Right. So I don't want to lose, but I want the franchise to be in the best possible situation it could be in. And for that to happen, that would mean losing losing games and try to get uh, victor. And guess what? If that's the definition of the great situation to be in the NFL for an NFL football team right now, especially if you're losing, that's the Carolina Panthers. You get all these picks for next year in the 2023 draft. I mean, I don't. I'm being I'm being serious when I say this. Can the Panthers win another football game this year? We've got a lot of season left. But can the Panthers win another football se- uh, football game this year? I don't think so. But, look, I wasn't a fan back in 2001 when the Panthers went 1-15. and Yeah. I wasn't a fan. George Seifert. Now, I did pay attention to the Panthers in 2010 when they went 2-14 and with a combined quarterback situation of Jimmy Clausen and Matt Moore. 
But that was the next year when I became emotionally invested in the Panthers. I've never experienced this before in my life. And man, does it suck. But when you start to think about the future, which you have to in this situation, you have to start thinking about the future because there's no hope for the current. There's no hope for what's happening right now. So that's what I'm having to do. That's what I'm I'm having to learn as a Panther fan is to look towards the future, understand what the situation we are in, you fire a head coach, not even halfway through a season. Never seen that before. I've seen a head coach be fired over halfway through the season. But you're having to go through the rest of the season knowing, like I told, I, I talked to my mama today. My mama called me. The Panthers are basically like a middle school football team right now. I'm like, yeah, mama, I know. She's like, I'm upset. I said, mama, this is, what, this is what you call a rebuild. You have to live through it. You have to live through the rebuild to see the glory hole <laughs> you have to see you have to live through the rebuild i hope you're not saying that to you no i didn't say that to her i just wanted to say glory hole but the panthers are going to get to the glory hole days they're going to get there and man what a glorious sight it's going to be oh, but man. man as a fan and experience this for the first time it sucks it really does because I remember the days of looking forward to going to tiebreakers and watching the Panthers compete. Compete. Compete in football games yeah. and having a hope those that they would win. Those games or those days are gone. I literally said today I had a buddy call who's also a Panther fan, and I said, I don't know if I, I'm going to be more watching other games. Bless my heart, I was actually paying attention to that Rams game last week. Why? I don't know. But guess what? It's not happening for the rest of the season. I will glance and say, oh, P.J. Walker threw a pick six. Great. Let's see what's going on with the uh, Chiefs game. I've never experienced this before in my life. It stinks, but you got to fight through it. Welcome to my world, baby. Welcome to being a Washington fan, a fan of a bad, a poorly run franchise. So it bottomed out in 11 pan- and 10. Panthers got the first pick in 2011. They got Cam Newton. Went 6 and 10. He was rookie of the year. The next year, they go 7 and 9. Keekley, defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Then it hits. Uh, so they bottom out in 10, first pick in 11. It finally hits for them in 13. They go 12 and 4 that season. They go 7-8-1 and one the following season, win a playoff. Won year. the division that year. Yeah. 2015, that was the year. That was the glory hole days. That was the glory hole days. 15-1, and one, uh, lost in the Super Bowl Cam's the MVP. to Denver. Cam Newton, MVP. Ron Rivera, coach of the year. And then, boy, it was a short window for you because 16, they go 6-10. and 10. Yep. 17 11 and 5 and hadn't been in the playoffs since and that's when the quarterback debacle really started and the quarterback situation that is a disaster a total dumpster juice started in the 18 you know 18 years so but what did it give you what did a rebuild and the number one pick give you it gave you let's see seven and nine at least is decent like that was probably a fun year to follow the team and back in that day the nfc south was just absolutely awful yeah, and anyway, I mean, when you're winning the division seven, eight, and one, that's awful. But you are having a chance to make the playoffs. It gave you a six or seven year window of football for you, like you said, to look forward to. To look forward to a Sunday, I wake up every single day and saying I'm one day closer to Panther football on Sunday. Yeah, I don't have that feeling now. For the first time in my 
fandom as a Carolina Panther fan. Does it? St- Do you remember the first time that ever happened to you? Serious question. Do you remember? Because I'm I know as a kid, as a young Clip Brock, you look for, and you can't say I'm lying. You look forward to Redskins games. Yeah. I mean, and then it got to a point where, and you're like this right now. So, you don't give a damn about the uh, the commanders playing on Sunday. Nah. So in the 90s, I was all in. The worst thing that happened was Washington won, went to the playoffs in 99 and won a playoff game because then Dan Snyder got, he got anxious. And that's when he brought in the old-ass Bruce Smith, uh, Deion Sanders, Dana Stubblefield, Adam Archuleta, like just signing all these these guys that sucked um did i mention dion i think i did um so that was 2000 it started to make a turn there i mean it was probably the spurrier days i don't know then they brought back gibbs it probably really hit uh maybe year two of jim zorn so mm-hmm. but but no i know what you're going through it sucks man like you you lose your innocence you lose your you thought that this team would always have your back you would always have them they would be recognizable to you it's a shame when they go out on the field and you just say that's not that's not what i used to root for. that's not what 13 14 year old channel honeycutt yeah look forward to yeah it's tough man i mean look if you need somebody to talk to i'm here because i've gone well i'll tell you right now talking about it for the past five ten minutes has made me feel better good because i mean it really it it thinking about how happy that's the thing it's thinking about how happy i used to be oh i remember man how happy i was to be one day closer to sunday and to not have that feeling anymore i'm being this is not a joke i know i, am, I was I laughing upset. at stan no, briggs's tweet uh, not no you. no no and i'm not i'm not saying that to you people out there probably think oh, this is a bit i'm actually this is upsetting Chandler, to not I, have that feeling anymore do you know what the most beautiful sight was for me growing up I kid you not. It was not presents under a Christmas tree or, um, you know, my first middle school girlfriend. or mm. It was going through, and I guess somewhat FedEx, but really it was walking into RFK Stadium and you're walking in the concourse, but you see that first glimpse of that beautiful grass in the football field. That sight for me, man. That's still the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life because you're in that shaded concourse and the sun is shining down on the stadium. So when you get that first peek through the aisle there, the tunnel, and you see that bright green grass and the burgundy and the the redskins in the end zone, and that that was just special, man. I know. I remember my first Carolina Panther game and thinking about how beautiful. I mean, it was Mm. as if I was walking into the gates of heaven. Breathtaking nothing better no better sight in my life mm. would i feel that way now i would be excited to go and enjoy a game day in, in panther land in uptown charlotte but it would just be the knowing same. that the results will not be there by the end of the day knowing i will be disappointed by the end of the day which i experienced that now every single sunday it's different because back then you go you go and experience game day in uptown charlotte you have hope that there's going to be an awesome product on the field you have hope that you're going to go home happy and now as a carolina panther fan there is no hope you know a sad chandler 
i am further away from that 25 years ago that beautiful site i'm talking about that rfk stadium view through the tunnel i'm further away from that than i am from my death Wow, when you put it like that. Yeah, that is uh, it's tough to take. We're going to get through this together. Uh, Robert says, hey, sports guy. He's referring to you, sports guy. I am sports guy. I might not be sports guy after this week. Panthers get the first pick. Who are you taking? It's got to be a quarterback, right? this is your question it's got to be a quarterback right answer the it question. all depends on which quarterback it is you can go to bryce young you can go to cj stroud answer the question throw in i mean people are throwing in hendon hooker now with the performances that he's had in the past few weeks hendon hooker and and i hate this because it's not about the helmet and it's not about the school logo which they don't really have a good logo or a logo at all their helmet but when you look back at ohio state quarterbacks yeah how have they panned out in the nfl not great bob does that does that scare away gms does that scare away a guy like scott fitterer it shouldn't when you go out for a guy like cj Stroud, because i could tell you when you look at panther twitter when you look at panther anything any kind of podcast or you know any kind of forum cj stroud's the favorite and to me right now i would say cj stroud's the favorite but you look at god rest his soul a dwayne haskins you look at a cardell jones you look at jt barrett or whatever like that terrell Pryor, kirk herb street will will cj stroud fall into that category of Ohio State well, guys that didn't pan out in the NFL. Up until very guys. recently, Alabama quarterbacks haven't done anything. Now they have very, very recently. With, with Mac Jones. Tua. Tua. Jalen Hurts, if you want to count him. Yeah. So, we'll see. I will go, and to answer your question, Robert, I will go with a C.J. Stroud. All right. So that, But that is subject to change. Yes. We're in October talking about next year's draft, so you can uh, update your big board accordingly. But we got to get a quarterback. We got to get a quarterback. Yeah. This is a quarterback-driven league. It is proven time and time again when you have a quarterback, anything's possible. You saw it last year with the Cincinnati Bengals who had the probably the worst offensive line in the uh, in the league. But you got a guy like Joe Burrow who has a familiar face in Jamar Chase. Um at wide receiver and T Higgins and other weapons that he have, anything's possible. They went to the to the freaking uh, to the freaking uh, Super Bowl. So when you have a quarterback, anything's possible. Nothing's possible right now for the Panthers. So it's got to be a quarterback. And right now, that quarterback, to me and to a lot of Panther fans, should be C.J. Stroud. Tyler says Levis, uh, quarterback from Kentucky. Yeah, all right. Everybody's gonna have their favorite and their pick. And we've got a lot of time to diagnose these quarterbacks, both in the regular season, uh, bowl season, playoff season, and the, the combine as well. So Panthers are on the lookout for the fourth straight year, fifth straight year, whatever it is. And I remember, you know, I'm talking about this, you know, I'm talking about losing consistently and not having hope and knowing that you're in a rebuild. I'm talking about that and talking about my first time experience. It was a couple of years ago I was on this show, or maybe just last year, 
I was talking about my first time experiencing not having a quarterback. Yep. I was used to Cam Newton. It was nothing but Cam Newton growing up for me. First time me experiencing a quarterback roulette, a quarterback revolving door. And now it's something else, another chapter in my life, and that's losing football and that's rebuilding football in Carolina. Clip, I appreciate you talking it through with me today. You got it, man. Uh, all I've known my whole life is quarterback roulette, and it sucks. Um, other people trying to join in on the hardship. Uh, Troy says, Chandler, welcome to the club. Now you know what it's like being a Bears fan. Bo says, at least they didn't steal your team in moving vans in the middle of the night. Baltimore Colts fan. Mm. So everybody uh, commiserating today with their favorite teams. Brandon Manning says, let's go a different route. Build your line. Use a bridge quarterback. A bridge water quarterback? <laughs> that way, when a young guy comes in, he has protection. Hmm. Or... If there is a stud offensive lineman this year, take him. Maybe we Matt got that Matt guy Cor- last year. Maybe Matt Corral's the guy. And we do have Matt Corral that's on the shelf right now, who to me was utilized very poorly in the offseason, especially in the training camp. So you got a guy like Matt Corral that you can look towards in the future. But I want to say, and I, people might think I'm crazy, offensive line for the first time in a couple of years, maybe three or four, Offensive line is not the is not an issue right now, especially not a top priority issue. You got a good pick last year with Iki Aquano, who hasn't given up a sack in like four games. Taylor Moten, who's a veteran on the right side, that's where you really want to succeed on the offensive line is on the left and right tackle position. I think we got a good foundation there with Taylor Moten and Iki Aquano. So, I mean, I think the offensive line will be built for itself, but let's get a quarterback in here, man. I, bridge quarterback, haven't we done that the past two or three years? Yeah, but he's saying with all these picks, go ahead and firm up a really, really solid O-line. The que- I mean, the thing is, if you've got the number one pick, don't reach for a quarterback. Do whatever you can with that pick to make your team better. If you don't think one of these guys is a NFL starter – then, you know, take the best possible player there. It doesn't have to be a quarterback, but the Panthers certainly need one. Washington also needs one. Brad says Taylor Heineke will get the win on Sunday. Brad, why do you care? What do you you really believe that? Taylor Heineke. All right, let's take a break. Heineke. We'll come back. I, I sincerely do appreciate let me vent and talk about it and it has made me feel better all right so thank you thank you keep pounding keep pounding take a break when we return we'll hear from donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell as they get set for ucf coming up this saturday night under the lights we'll be back with you on pirate radio live here on a friday free beer friday we got the elysian night owl pumpkin ale it can be yours in hour three of today's show we're back with you after this
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, Pirates, Knights. Remember they were the Golden Knights? Yes, I do. Why aren't they golden anymore? What happened? That's a good question. Great question. They lost their shine. Because they had their golden year when they won the national championship. They threw uh, it away. There you go. Should ask Mark Daniels. Maybe I'll ask him uh, next time I talk to him, which will be never. Well, basketball season. Maybe so. All right. Uh, let's hear what Donnie Kirkpatrick had to say this week as he met with the media talking about last week and the win over Memphis this week taking on a UCF defense, which is allowing 14. That's right. I said 14 points per contest. Here's some of Donnie when he met with the media on Wednesday. Yo, executed well in the, in the overtime and yeah. two-point two plays. I know you'll work on that a lot, so how happy were you with that? Well, you're always happy when you succeed. And so uh, after the game, yeah, I'd say we were all pretty happy about that too. But I thought we, I thought we played well, really, you know, period. You know, it was a low possession game again. I don't know how we, you know, keep getting stuck with that low possession game. We had the ball officially nine times, but one of them was with 19 seconds to go in the half, so that's not much of a possession. So we had eight possessions, scored four times. You know, in the regular part of the game, the, the thing that bothered me was we, you know, had a on the two yard line and we didn't score. We went for it on fourth down, which I thought that was the right decision to go for it. We didn't think we were going to win kicking field goals that night. Uh, you know, we were really thinking it was going to be a little bit more of a scoring game. So. But, yeah, the, the thing I guess that we probably as coaching staff we were so excited about was, you know, we'd, we'd struggled a little bit with the close games. We'd lost two games that we feel like, you know, you know, you always feel like, oh, we should have won. But that's not always true. You know, I don't feel like we should have won the two-lane game. I mean, they whipped us that day, I thought, you know. Uh, but there were two other games we thought we had the game won, and they were close, and you, you don't want to be that team that can't win those close games because, you know, that's, that's what you're going to face right now. So to win a close game and see the kids respond and play well with pressures on like that, that's pleasing. That's really pleasing. After a lot of success in that game and obviously through the overtime periods, what do you think the confidence is like uh, with the team right now as you guys get set to go up against the game? Well, they're, they're a confident bunch, you know, during the week anyhow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the kids always think they're they're pretty good, and, and we want them to think that way. So uh, I think winning a close game, the next time you get in that situation, though, you, you do kind of go back to feeling good about, okay, we've been here before. Uh, you know, I think the hard work, we practice hard, coach drives them hard. I think they, that should give them confidence, you know, that they, they've done, they've earned, you know, the right to go out there and win the game. So uh, we, we have a really good opponent this week. I, I mean, I know that sounds like coaches speak and all that stuff, but we re, we're playing a really good football team this week. So we, we'll have to have our confidence because they are a very confident group. So we'll, we'll have a standoff right there. Uh, but I, I think we're going into it feeling like, yeah, we can win. I think we feel like we can win every game, and, and we could have won every game. I think we've had one game we went out there and got whipped. You know, I think the other games we all felt like we had a chance to win them. So uh, we're going to find this 
out this week because it's a good team right here in all phases. What do you see from that defense? Because, I mean, they've only given up 20 points in one game, and that was Louisville. Yeah, it's it's a horror movie watching it. You know, you're getting ready for Halloween. It's like, you know, watching the tape of them. They, I think they're giving up 14.3 points a game, and that's not many. That's not many, especially in today's football. They're just uh, – they're good up front throughout the whole D-line. Defensive ends are super athletic. They play hard inside. They're strong as they can be, and they've got depth. A lot of people, that's the one thing I'll say, you know, in our league, we have a lot of good teams, a lot of good defenses, but there's not a lot of depth. I think you know, that probably hurt Memphis a little bit. We wore them down. They, they didn't have a lot of depth. This group's got, they roll them, they keep them fresh, you know, so you, you're not going to be able to wear them down. You're going to hope you don't get wore down. Uh, the linebackers, they, they're really a 4-2-5 defense, so they play five DBs with a nickel in there as a regular base defense. The two inside linebackers, are just so smart. They read the thing. They, they they can know your blocking schemes. They'll they'll be really fast to the ball. They're very physical. The DBs are long. You know they run fast. Those are all the things that you want in DBs. So the strength of the defense is is they don't give up many points. Uh, they play great in the red zone, and I, and that's what they did last year. Last year was a game that we felt like we had a great chance we could have won that game. We didn't score. When we were in the red zone, we, I don't know, we had about 400 yards, I think. We didn't have enough points because we settled for two field goals when we had first and goal, and we fumbled on the 10-yard line the very opening drive. And so that's where they're good. They they might bend a little bit. You know, you might get something on them, but they are really stingy about letting you in the end zone. Donnie Kirkpatrick there on Wednesday, final meeting with the media before the Pirates get ready for UCF. And we talked to um, the players Monday on the Players' Lounge, and Isaiah Winstead said a couple of things that stood out to him. They have tall corners. They like to go man-to-man. He welcomes that. Uh, but this is going to be a, a big game for Holt Nailers in this passing game because it sounds like they're not going to blitz a whole lot. They are going to rely on their D-line getting pressure and if the East Carolina offensive line does their job, holds up, then it comes down to Holden Naylor's picking his spots. Who's open? Who's got one-on-one? Uh, who can make a play for this East Carolina offense? So big week for Holton. You know, this long he's been in the program, these are the kinds of games, these, these are the kinds of moments you, you want to see them go out, win, put up a good performance offensively. So a uh, huge one coming up Saturday night. Under the lights, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We'll be with you uh, 3.30 to talk about it Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll hear what uh, Blake Harrell had to say from a defensive standpoint of this one. And we'll wrap up our number one. You'll hear uh, Blake Harrell, ECU defensive coordinator, when we return after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Euro Pub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, 
along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Hour 1, Hour 2. We'll talk NFL, more Panthers talk with Tony Dunn from the C3 podcast as the rebuild is officially underway in Charlotte. Uh, thanks to Noah and the like on YouTube. He is the seventh like back-to-back days. Uh, he says, smash the like. And for those 10 of you that are watching, we have 10 more viewers than we do likes at the moment. Uh, give us a like. Just throw us a, a, a weekend like. To, we'll go into the weekend with a good mood, you know? Please. Please. Yeah. Just do it. I mean, Chandler's a little down today. They traded McCaffrey. My team always sucks, so I could always use a like. So uh, just give us a like. It will brighten our day. It will brighten our moods. Uh, throw us a sub and, uh, and get those numbers up. All right. Uh, let's uh, talk numbers from a defensive side. Uh, the points per game for opposing teams is starting to go up, as is the passing yards uh, for opposing teams. But overall, the East Carolina defense in 2022 has played winning football. Those games that uh, we would have, could have, should have won, uh, defense played well enough uh, to get those Ws. But uh, not the, uh, the the case always. Last week they gave up 45, but when you score a touchdown and set your team up for a score – it all kind of evens out. They got a tough task this week with UCF. Blake Harrell talked about that Wednesday when he met with the media. Blake. I have a, a tough quarterback in John Rice Palmer this week. Just what stands out on film about him. Uh, his athletic ability. You know, he's he certainly got arm talent um, and just kind of a gamer back there. You know, if the throw's not open, he can pull it down and take off and He's one of the fastest. You know, they they got a lot of speed on the field, and he's one of those guys that can certainly get up and down the field and eat up yards in a little, little hurry. Um, so you get, you get your hands full with him. You know, he's the reason he started out at Ole Miss as a quarterback and transition receiver, and and then just you know as a baseball player, two sport athlete there. And he's a very good player, and um, we got to keep him keep him back there and keep him in the pocket and and see if we can get to him uh, before he takes off scrambling before he gets ready to the football back there. You guys did a good job containing Hennigan from scrambling last week. Can you take anything that you did last week to apply that to Plumlee? You know, we, we talked last week about extra effort plays, and uh, I think that's the same same plan to win this week is extra effort plays. And I thought Chandre uh, Mims is one of those guys that had a few extra effort plays. Hennigan's getting ready to break out of there on the scramble, and, and Chandre comes free and, and uh, just clips his back, back leg there and gets him on the ground. And I think that's got to be the same mindset approach this week to uh, Plumlee is, hey, you got to – you got to play all out. I mean, all of us got to freaking be full, full tilt, full effort, extra effort, just to kind of find a way to get him on the ground and those running backs, those receivers as well. So, um, and we got to keep, do a good job keeping eyes on him as well at the linebacker level and, and uh, spy guys, whoever that may be, and control rushes. So we got to have a plan for that as well. You played four overtimes on Saturday, uh, so defensive players naturally saw a lot of extra snaps. How do you kind of balance? preparing for UCF like you would if you hadn't played overtime, but also making sure they get sufficient recovery? Yeah, I think we were right at 60 snaps right before uh, the last drive of the game in overtime. We ended up like 70, 79 snaps, so it's about 19 extra there. But uh, you really don't look at like, hey, you know, we got to take a few snaps off this week. Hey, Practice-wise, you got to get back to work. You know, all that matters this week is UCF. You know, the four overtime games, we can gain a lot of experiences from that and a lot of confidence from that. And uh, did some good things in overtime, and, and uh, you can take take that forward 
but really it's back at UCF and working just as hard this Tuesday as we did last Tuesday, this hard to start this Wednesday as we did last Wednesday to go uh, be successful this week and get a big win. How happy were you with the, the execution in over time, especially on the two-point conversions? Yeah, you work on that a lot. Re re really happy on the last one. <laughs> you know, I, I thought you know the the one that's probably uh, you know you're holding your breath a little bit when when we didn't convert and uh, they scored and then they got a chance to go win it right there. And I think Chad made a huge play. Um, you know, just and, and really we're in a pass call because most two-point plays, you know, you're looking for just quick man beaters or bunch routes and those type of things and somebody slipped free because all they need is three yards and stick it in there to him. So that's what you're playing for down there. And uh, he made a heck of a play and, and got a stop and pushed it to another overtime. And, and you know, eventually, like, you're going to find a way to execute and make a play, and our guys did, and it was, it was uh, nice to see. Because we do spend a lot of time on that, and that's, uh, you know, the red zone red zone defense we talked about several times this year. Two-point plays are part of that. Uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, not only – versus whoever we're going against, UCF this week, but also against ourselves, just because there's some carry over there. So just really proud of the guys and the execution down the stretch there. These next four games are against cream of the crop teams. Um, yeah, the Big 12. Yeah, I, I don't think that's any secret. Um, you know, how big is this game against UCF in establishing a lot of confidence when you guys have kind of a gauntlet to go through yeah. next month? Yeah, and you don't, look, you don't look ahead to the other, you know, I'm gonna call them the Big 12 teams, but you don't look ahead to those guys. Uh, you just work up, worry about UCF and worry about what's in front of you. Um, I just thought the linebackers on the field, you know, get ready to go win the biggest game in pirate football history in the American Conference. And I don't know, I'm, you know, Steve, you guys may may have a different one, but it may be the biggest American Conference win that we've won in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, so or at least one of them. So we we got to focus on UCF, all eyes on them, executing and playing with great effort this Saturday. And then we'll worry about those other guys later on. But um, you certainly got a gauntlet coming up, you know, if you, if you look ahead at it and you look like where they're supposed to be and, and where they're going to be at next year. Um, but right now we got to focus on where we are today, where our feet are today, and where we're going to be at Saturday night and se at 730. Before the season started, we kind of looked at the ECU schedule and said, all right, the, the toughest part of the schedule starts with Memphis, then to UCF, to BYU, uh, Cincinnati, Houston. Uh, well, step one complete. They knocked off Memphis. I think many of us thought that they could also get by Navy and potentially Tulane before we got to that point, uh, but that was not the case. So the Pirates are playing catch-up uh, when it comes to putting Ws in that win column, and they'll try to pull an upset coming up Saturday night against UCF. Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk NFL. Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast. we got to make our picks and also get Tony's thoughts. And more of Chandler's thoughts on the Panthers being Christian McCaffreyless moving forward, as uh, he is now a San Francisco 49er. What does that mean for the Niners? We'll talk about that as well when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Free Beer Friday. Back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by country mart country mart is open every day and has two locations in bethel on highway 11 and in stokes and highway 903 country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline now back to the show 
Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live on a free beer Friday. We've got Alishan on the line today. Alishan, which I believe is how you pronounce it. I've had the beer before, but I've never had to say it before. Tony, are you familiar with this brand? Not a, I'm not a pumpkin guy. Well, this is I not, do like pumpkin pie. But this I'm, particular beer is pumpkin, but, I mean, Alishan has, like, the space dust. I de- oh, I've had that one. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. The yeah, Alishan. The weed so, beer. Yeah. Uh, this is Night Owl Pumpkin Pie. I like the uh, the owl on the, the That's a good-looking box, isn't it? Ooh. Looks good. Tony, how are you doing today, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, thoughts on the move last night? Um, Kind of in the middle of the night. I felt like um, I was up pretty late. I mean, I met, I wasn't on my phone probably after 11 or something like that. And then I just woke up early this morning or in the middle of the night. Sometimes I just wake up a little bit and check my phone and I saw it. And I was like, oh, God, here it is. Here it is. And, you know, it's one of those things you knew could be coming don't know if it was coming thought it was coming and now it's here there was a lot of uh talk about it and it seemed like maybe teams weren't going to give the panthers enough or what was going to be considered to be enough right and at, at first glance and i even saw chandler say we didn't even get a first round pick for it. but then you start to think about it and you're like well we got a lot of picks here a decent amount the thing is is that he's very good uh, he's not old, and you're still going to get a bunch of dead cap money. And so I just don't love third and fourth round picks that much. I mean, is that maybe you can... They're not sexy. What I think you just need to do is take all of those picks. I have I have an idea what I want to do, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, I was thinking about this is with Christian McCaffrey. Last week it was a Christian McCaffrey show in L.A., and it was just all Christian, and that was it. What if this week is all DJ? <laughs> what does that mean? So what I am trying to do is go ahead and figure out what player they're going to trade next. Get him in fantasy for a low. I'm buying DJ Moore right now. So uh, buying with your, um, what do you call them? Prize? Oh, prize picks, yeah. Prize picks. Uh, DJ Moore overs this Sunday. Still kind of high for me. 59 and a half yards. He, 60 he hasn't had it all year. I know, but you're, they're going to feature him this week. I think so. But uh, then he's going to be a Packer, and all of a sudden, so I'm I'm trying to trade for DJ Moore in fantasy. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because Christian McCaffrey is on my team right now. Yeah. My and Jeff wait Wilson uh, Niners pickup doesn't look so great right now. That's it, no, tough. it doesn't. And on top of that, I'm about to win our league. Why? Because Christian McCaffrey is about to go off crazy. Hands offense, crazy. This is the offense. I saw somebody say that. uh, How do you game plan for a team that's got a running back that's really a wide receiver and a receiving a wide receiver that's a running back (laughs) and a tight end that they'll run on end arounds? Yeah, they've got. uh, He's got a lot of toys to play with. uh, Kyle Shanahan does now out in San Francisco, and hey, my Super Bowl picks looking better. Niners. Mm. Yeah, it is. Super Bowl. Who was your Super Bowl matchup? Niners Bills. Mm. So uh So and back better. to the back to the picks real quick is that I don't I know everybody's like, oh, we get these picks and like you can get 
um, I don't know, they'll pick some random dude that's from the sixth round that turns out to be great or something. Tom but you Brady. look, yeah, you look at so many people that are nobodies that or everybody was hype on. They haven't done anything, aka a la Terrace Marshall Jr., second round pick. So I just say take all of those picks right there and trade them for one first round pick. And let's just get a quarterback in the first and then get a stud linebacker in the first. Like mid to late first or whatever. Yep. And let's ro- let's go. And well, that's a good, point. Be good You can use these picks for uh trade chips to That's what I'm hoping the they do. Round. That's what I'm or into the second if they feel like that or something. So that's what I would do if I was uh, Scott Fitter. It's a great spot for a new head coach. Is Fitter, by the way, is he gonna be there with the new coach as far as you We don't know. We don't know. I think he's in the prove it time right now to see how much he can uh, get them ready for the next era but like i mean I, I well this move is a good one for him i think to say i'm ready to be you know be he's known of for kind of moving around and doing stuff like that and always uh, in on every deal is his kind of motto we'll see we'll see if federer i mean if uh tepper wants to just clean house entirely and rebuild but it was somebody and i have not watched the full press conference today i'm gonna go home and watch it for tonight's show too i watched about half of it and then I fell asleep on the couch, uh, or died on the couch over there. Uh, R.I.P. But the um, some people were saying that they're they got the sense that Tepper was going to be leading the coach search from the conference. And so who knows? But uh, man, you're really just trying to figure out: Do you clean house with if Fitterer and go at new GM, new coach, or do you say, hey, maybe we we hamstrung? scott fitter over the last two years and put him into a situation where he's just working with matt rule and we gave rule too much power which tepper did say in his press conference that he wouldn't do that again he would have more balance so then you could just say let fitter hire this coach and then we'll roll with these two until we don't all right we got a lot of time to discuss these two topics here it's but terrible do you know what you know how many more games we got to watch i was listening listen to chandler and them cry or you chandler and them Chandler and you cry, or yeah. you cry on his shoulder. Yeah, there's 11 more weeks of Panthers <laughs> football, bro. 11 more games. Yeah, oh my goodness, there's a lot. 11 more post game shows for you, Tony. Oh my gosh, I was thinking that you were talking about how the Panthers too is like you haven't had this feeling. Is that even when you're seven and nine, you're really roughly winning about every other game? No, yeah, and yeah, you know, got so something like, to root for that. in november and december yeah and i mean you might win next week yeah. you might not as now we as might not win and especially back in the day when the nfc south was bad and where you're winning the division with a seven and nine i don't remember them being so bad i just remember that one year as long as you are in some sort of playoff hunt chase where you're like two games back and even in october or whatever and you've got two games left on the schedule against the team ahead of you or whatever like it gives you something to hope for, be into. When all that's gone, it's pointless. It's meaningless. I know. I'm intimidated about talking about this coach, the draft for the next whatever. Well, months. those are my next two questions. And then I was thinking, good guy, we got to talk about the actual team for the next 11 weeks. So we got a lot of time, but just very briefly, Tony, um, new coach. Is there, my question is, is there a consensus on who everybody wants the new coach to be? No. No. What is the most? There's not even an idea. Who's the most popular guy? The most popular name, other than Sean Payton, that you want? That I want? Yeah. Mm. The favorite. Oh. The, the odds came out the other day, I believe, and I believe 
Eric Bieniemy was that's who that Panther fans want. I don't want him. Okay, I want this. I tell you what, I want. I want us just to go pay Lamar Jackson, give him his two hundred and eighty-five million, fully guaranteed for a six-year contract, and get Greg Roman his offensive coordinator and make him head coach. And let's go. All right. Okay. There's the move there. So. Well, that would take out my next question. And then we pick an offensive lineman or a top receiver. But they're not going to do that, Tony. They're going to pick another coach because i got to ask you this next question. Who's the uh, quarterback that right now, at this time, Panthers fans want the team to draft? It's C.J. Stroud. Okay. And listening to Chandler on the way here, you said, I don't know if your question was rhetorical, if you were being – sarcastic you got to pick a quarterback right it sounded like you were asking an authentic question no like you have to <laughs> there's no there's no if ands oh, or buts when he you, said you have to pick a quarterback. yeah, yeah. i mean it's like it's not even a question you just no pick, i know you just pick the quarterback i don't care which one it is just pick one i mean i do care but <laughs> all right it would be ridiculous if you didn't back oh in, absolutely uh, quarterback purgatory are the carolina panthers tony i love your idea that's the first one i've heard of that Jackson, bring his coach on, and let's ride. That would be epic. You want to talk about getting out of a hole quickly? That would get everybody back on And Tepper. That would sell tickets. And, you know, one of the challenges to giving the fully guaranteed contract is there's some sort of stipulation that the owners have to have the money in escrow for that, like so they can't sign these deals and then not be able to pay them later on, so they make them put the money in an account. And I think that's been the challenge for, like, I've heard the Bengals, that's going to be one of the problems with signing their players is just the the owner's not rich enough to guarantee that money in the background. Well, David Tepper can. Yeah. And people say, oh, well, Lamar won't want to come here. Lamar won't come here. He will. He don't want to stay there if they don't pay him as fully guaranteed. You know? Uh-huh. And you don't even have to give picks up like Deshaun Watson. All right. Uh, your laundry service will be cheaper. Bo Bats is feeling it today. He's feeling himself. He said, uh, David Tepper picking the next head coach. He couldn't pick his own nose. <laughs> oh, Bo. Oh, Bo. He's such a card. He is a card, if I've ever seen He's a card. a card. Pick a card, any card, I'm picking Bo. You have no choice. He's the only card. He's, the wild card. He is the card. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. God, we got to make picks, and I am the worst NFL picker alive. I should have somebody make my picks for me. God, this is brutal. You're not below 500 anymore. <laughs> no, and and you're not above 500. He's well on his way back to above 500. <laughs> I'm 43 and 43 on the year. We'll briefly talk Thursday night football, and we'll make some NFL Week 7 selections when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex-Mex Fusion Restaurant offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 1030 to 230. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the 
side bar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the Sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at sidebar.greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Hey, Shirley, what are you going to be doing this time next week? Next for oh, I will be doing the hey. uh, Bud Light pregame tailgate for BYU. Hey. That's right. Next Friday, four hey. o'clock, Bud Light pregame tailgate kicks off. Hey. Tony, what do you say? You want to do some NFL picks next Thursday on the show? Sure. Would that work for you? Thursdays? And yeah. We'll give you a Friday off. Oh, love it. All right, sounds good. Because we will be knee deep in our pregame coverage for the Cougars and Pirates next Friday. 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock, getting you ready for the 8 o'clock kickoff. Chandler, uh, my mother, texted me uh, a couple weeks ago and said, is Zay the only ECU player playing in the NFL right now? And I said, yes, he is. But that might could change soon. Pro Pirate Alert. Pro Pirate Alert. Pro Pirate Alert. I can't believe I'm saying this because I remember him as a 9-year-old, 10-year-old, watching him in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Absolute absolutely dominate opposing offenses in the middle of that defensive line that stout defensive line former ecu football great linville joseph made a visit to the jets today so it looks like he is on a visit maybe he might be working out and just might just maybe be back in the nfl for a jets team that is four and two so be on the lookout for maybe linville joseph making his way back into the league tony you have new york ties uh, you were a Giants fan yeah. kind of at some point in your life. Yeah. Um, this is the best New York football we have seen in ages. Even the years the Giants won the Super Bowls, they were wild cards, kind of snuck in. They weren't great teams. Uh, the Jets had one NFC East, I believe, championship. AFC. AFC East uh, with Sanchez. Sanchez. I know they went to the championship game. I don't know if that was with yeah, not. that was Sanchez with um, who Rex was Ryan. The Rex Ryan. Yeah. yeah, but these teams have been pretty awful. So to see what they're doing this year is uh, remarkable. Yeah, um, and the Jets are doing it in a kind of an unconventional way. I would say is like nobody's been good on their team. Uh, they've got the rookie Brees Hall. They had a sweet play last week. Did y'all see that little inside? Look like a high school play, Chandler, where. Uh, did you or you just nodding your head the way you're nodding your head tells me you didn't see what i'm talking about i didn't let me uh pull up the play it was awesome but they had like a blocked uh a blocked punt i believe they had some special team scores so they are getting it done the elijah what's my guy oh elijah moore which one yeah i always get uh, him confused with the one that's the running back he left practice early yesterday he wants to trade yeah all right look at this high school play he's the denzel mems of last year Look at this, a little inside. Oh, let me show it back. Can you see it, Tony? So they got, whoop, a little fake toss, oh, inside wow. handoff to mm-hmm. Brees. That's like a high school play, yeah. isn't it? And it worked for a touchdown. Beating the Packers. Yeah. On the road. On the road. Yeah. He, wearing the cheese heads in their house. How disrespectful. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Move. With the cheese head in the stands. That I had to cool. show my buddy Kenny at tiebreakers on Sunday. I was like, did you see this? So, uh, yeah, and then I believe there was somebody – um 
whoever it was for the Packers. Alan um, Lazard. Alan Lazard knocked it off his helmet. Kenny is so jaded as a Jets fan. I gave them a compliment, kind of like, y'all don't suck finally or something. I mean, and he he's like, he thought I was trying to be sarcastic and got angry. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm actually saying, no, y'all are good. You got to be careful when you talk to football fans that are downtrodden about their teams. I understand. I, I can relate to that. Uh, we have right. no trust. We have trust issues. Real quick, last night, Cardinals 42, Saints 34. Uh, cool stat from this one. Cardinals had the longest streak in the NFL without scoring 40 points. I didn't realize that. I have no Dating idea. back to 2017. So much for being an offensive team. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, wow. I figured Murray and them had done it before, but no, I uh, have not done it in that era. I have a question for you, Tony. Do it. Um, by the way, awesome podcast that you do, Thank C3 you. Panther Podcast. I want to ask you this question. Do you agree with your co-host, Cody Lashney, if you can go back in time, are you drafting Isaiah Simmons over Mm -hmm. Derek Brown? No. I tell you what, he needs to play tight end or something. That pick six, what a... What he's fast, isn't he? Weapon he turned into on that. He's play. fast, like yeah. a Julius on Wood. Wrong side of the football. Yeah, uh, two. That was pick, the best play he's had his whole career, though. Two pick six is right before uh, halftime for the Cardinals to totally flip that game around last night. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, big return for him, ten catches, one hundred three yards, and the Cardinals needed it and they got it. A must win snapped a uh home losing streak too i think first time in a year they've won at home so uh they beat the saints last night all right chandler you'll be up first on picks as you are 57 and 29 tony and cj are 49 and 37 uh i am 43 and 43 i actually beat cj cj had an awful week last week need to pick it up this week bucks at panthers this is our survivor pick our last man standing pool pick this week we're going with the bucks chandler who are you going i'm with? also going with the bucks uh tony you know it cj bucks all around um i who gives a buck i like them coming <laughs> off a loss and uh i don't know what is the scene gonna look like in bank of america sunday tony because chandler you were saying you know there's a lot of Niners fans there or whatever. It was eighty. It was eighty ninety percent. Well, the Niners have fans. Niners. Did the Bucks have? I can't fans? believe the Bucks travel well. I think it's going to be pretty empty. Yeah. Instead of like Bucks, I think people are just going to go to church. Yeah, take me to church. All right, we like the uh, Bucks. I think the PJ Walker prize pick number is a hundred and forty nine yards passing. Mm. All right. Yeah. What do you even do? Colts at Titans. I am convinced these teams play every week against each other. <laughs> and I don't know who's who. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go the Titans. So they've already played once this year. Can you? I looked up the passing stats. We we had a Bucks guest on this past week. So boring to talk to Bucks fans. Oh, they're the worst. They just too much information. Um, <laughs> that I looked up the passing stats. You know, Tom Brady is like fifth in passing yards this year he's like still awesome i did not know he's that. got 68 percent completion rate so out of curiosity or in uh, curiously i looked for the panthers quarterbacks to see if they were even in the top 32 baker mayfield's 27 with 985 yards passing he's been awful ryan Tannehill is only like 150 yards more than him hmm. it's bad so the Titans beat the Colts twenty-four to seventeen a few weeks ago, 
and for that reason i'm taking the colts in this game Ooh, to split that's smart i'm gonna uh, take the titans but you know and the colts can you put your finger on them they're no. bad then they're not bad no they can't have any offense, and then Matt Ryan has forty has forty one. Was it last week? He put up a bunch of over three hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I just don't even understand them. What is Jonathan Taylor doing? Expect he's to supposed play. to play. All right, I'm taking the Colts. Chandler, uh, give me the Titans at home. All right, what's wrong with the Titans this year? You want a list? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have no idea. Like, I just never watched. Them. I don't know. So I, I just thought I could say something funny. I, I okay. apologize. That's all. He has, he's like, oh, sh- sh- I got to make a list. <laughs> check, I'm going to check it twice, that. CJ. Oh, no. What do you got? Um, give me Indy. All right. Gosh, I feel like you guys are talking me into it now. Tough one here. G-Men at Jags. We start with CJ. All right. Uh, I'm going Giants. I... I think winning against the Ravens was a pretty good statement for them. And uh, I like the Giants. Chandler. I'm going to go Giants on a letdown. What does that mean? You're taking the Jags? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because oh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I've been I'm around Chandler it, long t- enough that I can I know what he's saying. Okay. I mean, I got the letdown part, but I didn't think you were going <laughs> to. I'm taking the Giants on a letdown. I'm going to take the Jags, too. I just don't feel like the, I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't either, and I am as well taking nice. the Jaguars at home. I'm not a Giants oh, crap. believer. Oh, crap. Clip is picking <laughs> the Jags. We're screwed. Kiss of death. Like, right. like Daniel Jones hasn't done anything this year, right? Not really, He's no. Been okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Last week, Tony, you said well, I showed you that Ron Rivera post-Thursday night press conference, and you were like, this is what Ron does. He goes yep. on a run here, yep. and I I think the the Commanders might be onto something. And I said, "All right, Tony, next week Packers at Commanders." And you said, "Packers." <laughs> Let me ask you again. After seeing what the Packers have been doing the last two weeks, losing to both New York teams in back to back weeks, uh, Packers at Commanders on Sunday. I'm still going Packers. All right, fine. I don't know why. I gave you a chance. I know, but would Taylor it change he- your mind to know Taylor Heineke is starting? Yes. Well, why? Are you taking the Commanders? I'll make my pick when I'm ready. Was is Wentz hurt or are yes. they bench him? He's dead. He hurt his fingy. <laughs> He's dead. His fingy. He had a fingy. He my can't fingy pick his hurt. nose anymore. Uh, he uh, hurt his finger. He's out. Mm. Who cares? Who cares? Sorry, of course. Poor guy, man. Poor He's not even the worst part of your team. Uh, who are you taking? I'm going Packers. CJ. I remain on the Packers uh, hype train. I'll keep it. I'll take. There's that. a train? It's kind of derailing. It's, I mean, like... it's got about as many people as the Sug Boats got on it. <laughs> and I will probably be behind Aaron Rodgers. Nice reference. Still. Um, I kind of want to take the Commanders here, but I'm not. I'm going to take the Packers. So maybe mm. the Commanders will win. Mm. Lions at Cowboys. Is anybody willing to take the Lions here? I want to, but I'm not. I have to catch up the Chandler here, so no. I'm going to. I'm not going to mess around with this pick. I'm going Cowboys. I am as well. I feel like the Cowboys should just be able to beat them with their defense only. Right. Uh, Lions coming off a bye. We love uh, the Lions are only they still have only won one game. I think I was just gonna say we love Dan Campbell. His theatrics, he cries, he wants it so bad. But they score so many points where they were. At what point do we just fire the sob because he can't win? Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, can you give him more than one and a half seasons? Yeah, you can. 
I guess. I mean, they got the offense looking a lot better until last, till they ran into Bill Belichick. And now you, was you just said the Cowboys are going to beat them with their defense. I said line. they could because their defense is very good, but you know I don't know how good Dan Quinn is. I mean, I, man, I would I expect, love to see Dan. Is Campbell, Dak playing? Is Dak starting? I believe so. Yeah. I would love to see Dan Campbell get more years and more time. I'm just wondering at what point does all that stuff kind of wear thin? This would be a nice game for them to upset. Yeah. And, get, and breathe a little life in back into them because uh, I feel like they're kind of riding off of that one win, you know, like the and the high scoring offense. By the way, like you that, know who that one win was against like who the Commanders, yeah, yeah, and the wind in of that sail in that sail is wearing thin. Yeah, you know, there's not much wind left in that sail, so they're going to need to get something quick or else they're back to the stinky lions. Um, Dak looks like he will play. Which are they better? No. Yes. yes. Titans fan Chad Moore says, "Not funny, C.J. Schaefer. I want a list." He's checking it twice. All right, give him the list. Hey. Why the Titans stink? Can I have Ryan now Tannehill. until the end of the segment? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we're about to take. Look a up Tannehill's. Oh. oh wait, give me the commercial. I'll be back with the. I'll be back with the list. You got until the end of the hour. Yeah. No, and look up, look up Tannehill's numbers. That should be one. They, I mean, that's Baker perfect. Mayfield. That's perfect. a good starting point. Yeah. Um, they're running back, wearing down. All right. Uh, Falcons at Bengals. Tony, the Falcons are 6-0 and against the spread. Oh, year. I was like, oh, God. They were way better than I thought. They are 3-3 three and three after beating the big bad 49ers last week. Wow. What uh, are they doing in Cincinnati? I'm going to pick the Bengals. <laughs> I'm What's the spread? Uh, like six and a half. Six. Ooh, what, what, we should do the Bengals on the pick'em and the Falcons on the. Definitely ride with them until they show you why they, uh, you should. Uh, I'll go Bengals. The here. feisty Falcons. All right, CJ. I'll take the Falcons. There you go. I'll take the Bengals. Uh, we need to get a break in. We're down a producer. Can you do that, CJ? Let's see if CJ's got the skills to get us to break. Well, we got to fill right, this dead let's, air let's for a second. Let's see. We're watching carefully. His nerves have got to be shot. He's got to do producing both ends, and then he also has to make a list. <laughs> How's that list coming? <laughs> All right. Nice. Good job, CJ. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More picks. Game of the week is Chiefs at Niners. We'll pick that one and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Free Beer Friday. Back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by country mart country mart is open every day and has two locations in bethel on highway 11 and in stokes and highway 903 country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline now back to the show Welcome back. Uh, ECU football alum Dakota Marshall is the owner of First and Goal Hauling, and he has a complete fleet of dump trucks, and he hauls everything, dirt, asphalt, stone, anything you need, he's got it. With First and Goal Hauling, it is a touchdown every time. Follow First and Goal Hauling on Facebook today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. 
All right, talking some NFL on a Friday. We'll be talking a lot of Pirate football on a Saturday, 3.30, Bud Light pregame tailgate. Taking you up to kickoff, riding with some uh, Parker's Barbecue on Saturday. Mmm, can't get mm, enough. Mmm, mmm, mmm. So good. Do you know I'm... And we are stocked up on hot sauce. Because we ran out last week. <laughs> Who What's your uh, go-to uh, hot sauce? We got TP. Yeah. TP. Always. Got to. Toilet paper. Made in the Carolinas. Oh, yes. Yeah. New uh, York City. Lawsuit. Yeah. I thought of that commercial, too. <laughs> that was that. Uh, Pace Picante sauce. Yeah. Right? yeah. New it York is. City. New York that can't, City. That lawsuit can't be real. I mean. Like, yeah. what is that? Pain and suffering? <laughs> that would be <laughs> like, what if you married, like, if you are married a girl and her name was Dakota and you're like, you found out she was from South Carolina and you're like, oh, yeah annulment you can sue somebody for <laughs> amicable differences yeah. all right or what is what is it that they usually say irreconcilable right. differences that's it. Yeah. that's it yes that's it that's what i was trying to think of uh d tony said he wants lamar jackson uh or that was an idea get lamar get the offensive coordinator put them in carolina uh lamar and the ravens no, the Broncos the most disappointing team. Are they the second most disappointing team in the NFL this year? No. Who is? <laughs> uh, the, the Packers are number one. The Broncos are number one. Yeah, actually, you're right. Okay. So Packers number two. Ravens are three and three uh, in the North. They weren't even good last year, though. All right. I thought they would be good. Me too. Shame on me. They are good. Three and three is not bad. They've had some tough... Tony, three and three is not good. It's not bad. When you blow the leads they have blown. That's the hard part is the one against the, the Dolphins was, well, I think, the one that kind of sent them into a little spiral. And they won against who? Who else did they blow a lead to? The Giants. No. That was the most recent one. Yeah. And they also blew a lead to the Bills where they were up big. Yeah. Now, losing to the Bills, no shame in that. But their three losses – they have led uh, in the second half and led by double digits. Three tough teams, though. All right. Fair enough. Can they beat the Browns this week? Yes. The Browns are not good. Well, they're three and three. They're not bad. No, they're two and four. No, they, they are bad. So I was right. Don't make me. <laughs> I'll take the second. Ravens. I almost thought I called them a different name by accident. CJ. Sorry, what game are we on? I'm making my list. Browns, Ravens. Oh, thank you. Ravens. Uh, Chandler. Ravens. I saw a great tweet is that finally somebody said, are we ready to just to admit that this roster isn't as talented as we said it was? And I was loving that when they were talking about the Browns because every single person, I told you guys, all they told me was, oh, this roster's so great. It's so great. I was like, they were high draft picks. That was it. It's a good roster in 2018, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where all this talent supposedly is. Well, they, but they got Brissett at quarterback. How much better would they be with Deshaun Watson? They would be better with Josh Dobbs than Brissett. That's a take, if I've ever heard one. I think it's true. Hey, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. <laughs> hey, hey, and you got a rocket scientist <laughs> on the roster. Put him in. <laughs> he can figure it out. I know. He's sitting right there. Uh, Jets and Broncos. This is the easiest pick of the week for me. I'm never picking the Broncos. Give me the Jets. I'm picking the Broncos. Good. <laughs> Have fun with that because they are a laughing stock. Gosh. 
They are terrible. They're awful. I am so... They got up 10 to nothing and they thought they figured it out and decided to do nothing the remainder of the entire game. Do you want to hear the craziest... Do we have time for the story? I know you're mad. I was mad, too, because I had the Chargers and I needed... Yeah, go ahead. Chandler... Uh, prize picks. It's about my thing. It's fun. Been having Sign a good up, time. Uh, enter the code C3. Yeah, you get a 100% first time deposit bonus. It's fun. Uh, so I I had a three pick prize pick where I said I felt like I nailed it because I went Christian McCaffrey on Sunday with the 59 rushing yards and he came out and got him like in the first half. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, nobody thought that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Come up. I had the Bronco. I had Russell Wilson, two hundred and forty-four yards passing and rushing, mm-hmm. and I had two hundred and sixty-three yards for Justin Herbert. I turn on the radio. I'm driving to go watch Monday Night Football. They're up ten nothing. Thank you for listening to Pirate Radio. Yeah, now I was listening on Pirate. Good plug. And uh, t- hundred and twenty yards passing in the first quarter for Russell Wilson. The Chargers are down. 10 points i'm like oh man this is the perfect scenario to get this i got it i got it it turns out that (laughs) i didn't get it justin herbert had 57 passes and still didn't get 263 yards good god he had the most passes in the in nfl history with the least yards but nobody's ever thrown that many and gotten that few yards. He oh was God. checking down constantly. Every time he went downfield, there was a pass interference yep. called. It and, like. and then Russell Wilson, who was on a tear in the first half, threw uh, zero yards passing in the second half or something. Like five. Terrible. They're awful, man. Why am I picking the Broncos? That's uh, that's on you. I was listening to that's Pirate Radio. you and God. I was listening to Pirate Radio earlier today. That's right. And I want to say it was Bill Ryder, Ryder than you. They do buy and buy or sell. The question that was brought up was: Is Nathaniel Hackett not a bad coach? It's just Russell Wilson. That is a stupid sports radio topic. Don't shoot the messenger. I don't think they can hack it. Mm. What do we think about that? How stupid about that? sports radio joke. How do we feel about that one? All right. It's a hack joke. <laughs> it's a hacking joke. Uh, all right, Chandler. No, so what's your answer to that? Oh, I don't have an answer. I just heard it. <laughs> what's your list? Don't got one. I think Hackett's a genius, and everybody else is wrong and stupid. Give me a break. That guy sucks. He's how got did, a list. How did Russell Wilson forget to play football, though? It's it's. I can't explain it. It's awful. Who are you taking in this game? Uh, give me the... Jets. Jets going to five and two. Wow. Uh CJ. Yeah, it's happening. We can already say five and two. It it's happening. Jets. <laughs> Write it down, baby. Five pen and two Jets. Pen. I would hey, like Kenny. For you too, CJ, to take a picture of that and respond What's to What's the Broncos record though? Okay. They've won three, haven't they? Uh are they the best uh, are the worst best team? No, Tony. You're giving them too much credit. They okay. are two and four. Two. Oh, two. And their two wins came against the Texans and, and the Raiders. And they beat the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers. 11, Is that a score? They beat the 49ers 11 to 10. Is that? Oh, my God. And they beat the Texans 16 to 9. And that was only, it had to be prime time because they played hey, four. Of some of the best Panther teams in history won like that. They've hit 20 points once this year. They Whoa. are just complete garbage. Garbage. Garbage juice. Texans at Raiders. I will take the Raiders. 
Man, the Raiders are the best worst team. Raiders are good, despite the record. One and five. One and six? Which one? Did they win last week? They were off last week. Oh, so they're one and five. Too bad the raw receivers pushing Kim and Ren down. And then they're one and four. Um Ooh, even better. Give me even the worse. Raiders. I don't know. All right. How are three Oh, what happened with uh Adams? He got charged. But no, but we hadn't heard anything since. It looked more like a block to me. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Feet were moving. Uh, you're taking the Raiders, Tony. I will take the Raiders as well. CJ. Same way. All right. Seahawks at Chargers. I want the Chargers. Man. I don't, man. The Seahawks are, are, are fool's gold, dude. Yeah. Seahawks defense isn't, it's not that good. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Gino. Gino wasn't that good. Gino is good. Yeah, he's been fine. He's, he's been great. Yeah, he's been incredible. Some of those doing throw, fine. We, we were talking about it. Some of those throws he made a couple weeks ago were like, "Hey, oh, uh, Clip Cameron. and I have been celebrating that one in the Saints game where he dropped it in the bucket oh, from like beautiful. forty yards." Chandler, if Nathaniel Hackett had uh, Gino Smith, what would their record? Would their record be a lot better? <laughs> they'd be uh, five hundred. So they'd be one game better. <laughs> Two games. One. Oh, they would two and four. Yeah, Clip. How about you learn the records of these teams you talk about? But they've only played no. six games. If they would be three and three. One game. They would better. be three and three. Then. God, man. I'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots. Yeah, Chandler. How about you? Uh... Hey, how about you get some Common Core math skills and get with it? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm getting roasted. Right now. <laughs> oh, baby, baby. Seahawks and Chargers. Give me the Chargers. Chargers. Wow. All that good talk about Gino really paid off. Well, the defense is going to allow 40. I don't know if I'll tell I don't you know if Gino can put 40. Chiefs at Niners. Give me the Niners. Coming off a loss. Chiefs are also coming off a loss. I know. Oops. I picked the Chiefs in the pick them at AJ's. Gosh. Why'd I do that? Oh, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey when I did that. How much will he play in week one? A lot. He'll score a touchdown. Man, I'm ready for All this All right, game. I'm going to take the 49ers. Remember yesterday where Tony Collins was like, this is your game of the week? And then I read off all the other games. He's, and it was like, "Which? What? what's the other one? What, what's your game of the week? <laughs> what would be wrong with this being the game of the week? These are both good teams. I think he's down on the Niners. I don't know. No, he don't like Jimmy G. Um, Man. Nah, C-Mac in his first This is a game the Chiefs win, though. Chandler. They always win games like this. If Nathaniel Hackett had Jimmy G, what would their record be? Uh, Jimmy G would be Jimmy C, and they'd be 500. All right. 500. Okay. Thank you. That's a new question we're going to ask uh, <laughs> throughout the show. Who are you taking in this game? Man, I'm going with my boy, C-Mac. All right. Give me him. CJ. Give me the Chiefs. How yeah. many times have the Chiefs lost twice in a row with Patrick Mahomes? What if? Oh, I know, I know. That's I really feel like this is a type of game the Chiefs win, yeah. right? Is that like if, if you were going to take the Niners, I was going to switch my pick to the Chiefs, but what? you took. The Chiefs. What if we start doing the question? Back to back losses last year. Yeah, they lost a bunch of games last year. 
Can next week we do the question if the Steelers had Nathaniel Hackett, what would their record be? No, we can do it right now with Steelers fans since we're on the game. CJ, what would the Steelers record be with Nathaniel Hackett? 500. (laughs) (laughs) That's also the answer every time. Every time. Only Russell Wilson can turn this 500 coach into a below 500 coach. How much would the check be at dinner if you had Nathaniel Hackett? 500. 500. On the dot. How much tip would Nathaniel Hackett leave? If uh, Steelers at Dolphins. 500, 500 pennies. I guess I'll let them say it. 500. Steelers at Dolphins. Oh, I thought, okay. Dolphins. Uh, by uh, a lot. Dolphins by a lot. I think that's the third week in a row I've said that. So let's keep saying it. I'll take uh, Shirley's Dolphins. They're not our Dolphins until they start winning again. <laughs> uh, Tony. Um, I, I think yeah. I can I can still call them my Dolphins too. You're taking your Dolphins? Yeah. All right and chandler i'm taking y'all's dolphins <laughs> <laughs> all right uh bears at patriots i will take the pats i would like to point out that uh as i was tossing dirt on bill belichick's football grave he shuts down the high scoring offense shuts them out completely and then the following week takes the browns who even on a bad day chubb and hunt are running the football they didn't get 100 yards rushing. I, 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 what is he going to do to justin fields bury him it could be the worst and his it, career worst quarterback him. day in yeah. nfl history could be in the making here. uh he's gonna zap him to death ah you know what is how about this is uh bill belichick finds another hall of fame quarterback in the sixth round okay relax bailey zappy baby By the way, mac jones might be playing. i was gonna ask that question is he back if he is able to return do you put him in if Nathaniel Hackett had Mac Jones, what would his record be? I'd put him at 500. 500. What if, if Nathaniel Hackett had Bailey Zappi, what mm. would his record mm. be? Undefeated. Mm. Uh, I'd say two games over 500. <laughs> two games two over Two games. I won two. Mac Jones limited in practice today. Get him out of here. He's lost his job. Trade Bailey him high. Zappi. Trade him. Value's high. Don't. Yeah. Don't worry. Trade them to be beat zappy. the Bears the and then Patriots. trade them to the Bears. There you go. Everybody taking the Patriots? Yes. Yeah. Who's starting for the Steelers this week, CJ? Uh, Pickett has been cleared as of this morning. So what he's did, good to did go. he get? An, uh, head uh, injury? Yes. He cleared concussion protocols, though. So I guess whatever it was, he's good to go. And uh, for all of the people that were saying that they were worried about his arm talent, I saw him throw some bombs earlier. He like, can sling it. Now, there are, we have seen issues of accuracy, I guess. Really? But. I mean, when you're that young, I would rather you have accuracy issues than issues getting it that far down the field. How have the small hands looked? Firm? Pretty small, but pretty... Sure? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, how about Mitch coming in and winning a ball game against Tom Brady? How about... I don't how think about... I've addressed this. How about we should have lost the game because I would still like the number one pick. Oh, you're, That's ours, you're baby. doing that thing? Sorry. Yes. That's Sorry, solely in our hands. It Sorry, is now. That's us. It is now. Welcome back to life, uh, Chase Claypool, as well. Yeah, it was Huge. nice to see I'm him. Gonna, thank God I don't got my little uh, Kenny Pickett hands because I wouldn't be able to hold that big number one pick in them. Is this if, funny to you? If you had the number one pick, would you draft a quarterback? If, Nathan, if Nathaniel Hackett had the number one pick, what's he picking? <laughs> 500 Hall of Famers. I, would, uh, I forget his name, but the outside linebacker. Who's uh nothing like picking a linebacker oh, for Bama Anderson? I think yes. Will Anderson is that would, his name? Yes, Will Anderson. That's uh it. Tony, we've seen coach trades before. How about a trade the the folks in Pittsburgh are tired of Tomlin? How about 
give him to the Panthers. Nope. But then you would have to give up something for it. You don't want to do that. And I don't want a defensive coach anymore. I'm tired of def- defensive coaches. All I've had is two defensive coaches and a non-coach. I want an offensive coach. Mm-hmm. Who is the um, non-coach? Matt Rule. Who is the other defensive coach? John Fox. John Fox. Fox. Ron Rivera. Foxy boy, yeah. All Matt right. Rule didn't know how to coach offense or defense. He was just there. I wonder what Fi Matt Rule guy is doing today. <laughs> Fi Matt Rule. Um, I know fake Matt Rule is like going on hikes. He's ordering Pepsis. For us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it right now, but give me an example of when there was a coach trade. Uh, uh, yeah, Belichick uh, went from the Jets to the Patriots, and you had... Uh, I thought he was with the Browns. Or was he with the Jets before the Patriots? He was with the Browns first, and then he went to the Jets, then he went to the Patriots, and then... Oh, you had Gruden go from um, Oakland to Tampa Bay. John Gruden. Uh, So it hasn't happened recently in my time. 20 years. The Jets allowed Herm Edwards out of his contract in exchange. The Chiefs gave up a fourth-round pick for Herm Edwards. Uh, Tony mentioned Belichick. You play to win the game. Uh, there's been some in other sports as well, so it's pretty rare. But, but they uh, so Jake Laser is that his name? Yeah, he came out and said, uh, "Well, for all the Panther fans that want Sean Payton, he ain't going there." Like I said, doesn't matter what you trade, can trade, not happening. It would seem like, um, yeah, you want to go into a good spot, but also that's the dream of a coach too to go into a situation where you're building it how you want to. You are drafting the quarterback. You are having all these picks i think i could see some value in that i don't think it's the worst place to go is there's some question about how like this how stable the saints are you're gonna have a brady-less buccaneers on the horizon and you got a young defense you can build off of and like you said um that the roster isn't devoid of talent the offensive line is the best it's been in 10 years uh, you just need that quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman, let's go. CJ, uh, before we wrap it up with Tony, let's get to your list real quick. Your list of why the Titans stink. CJ's been working on it this hour, and he's got it ready to go. And uh, give us your presentation. All right, so we've got three main issues here. Uh, as you guys might be able to tell, these are all on offense. The first one would be that there is no go-to pass catcher. A.J. Brown out. Correct. And who was he replaced with? Robert Woods? Or the guy they drafted. Is he they drafted the guy. I like Traylon Burks. Sure, good, but not a go-to pass catcher. If you look at the best teams around the league, they all have a guy that you can go to in crunch time. Where's Delaney Walker? He, he just retired, by the way, this week. There you You're go. asking the best questions. Uh, number two, Derrick Henry is averaging 3.9 rushes per attempt. Wow. Tennessee as a whole is averaging 3.7 yards per rush. That is 27th in the NFL. Right in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got a little mustard here, and that ain't cutting it. That's right. Mm, Ain't cutting the mustard. Last one, I found a next-gen stat. This is from a couple weeks ago, so it could have altered a little bit. But uh, during the first 15 plays of games, which many consider to be the scripted plays of the game, uh, the Titans are second in EPA per play, and that stands for expected points added. So basically... They stink. Yes. Well, that that would be the positive. That would be the higher you are the better you look after those 15 plays they are dead last Hmm. so you can script the beginning of the game well but after that the entire game they'd be okay there you go all right maybe they should try that yep so there you go chad 
The Titans stink. Titans stink, and we have given you the reasons why. Great work, CJ. Good Thank job, you. CJ. Tony, we will uh, see you next week. We'll see you next Thursday. Yeah. C3. You got, will you remind C3. me? C3. Yeah, C3. I'll remind Thank you. Uh, check out the C3 post game. You got Friday free for all tonight. Yep. Oh, and we also do the Saturday simu- Madden simulation, and we've got a guest uh, a guest co host from the Bucks that's going to help us do it. Our friend Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard, which I still think is one of the best podcast names ever, Buck What You Heard. And I'm sure you talked about it last Friday when I wasn't here, but if you haven't, seen it yet if you haven't watched it go check out the jonathan stewart interview that y'all did wow. awesome job uh interviewing jonathan thank stewart. you who also got a lot of pushback from robbie anderson this past week i saw that <laughs> and amazing. well tony um we have been together a long time and this tells you how long it's been uh you are a a girly man while uh, we were talking this hour todd Gurley has announced his, his retirement, retirement officially so oh, man it's been unofficial for a while now but yeah official now great great running back all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return morgan aylers will join us we'll talk pirates and knights back with you on pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and it's your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day, and it has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for all you boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, on a free beer Friday. We got some Elysian uh, going your way at the end of this segment. Some Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. It can be yours, the 12 pack, at the end of this very next segment. Uh, did y'all see the Warriors Championship rings? They are really becoming uh, fascinating with I these have rings. Not. Yeah. You kind of like not pop the top, but twist it, and you look inside, and there's four o'brien trophies oh wow that they've won like little mini ones there's actually uh it goes a little step further than that if you have been a part of all four you have all four if you were only on last year's team there's oh, one yeah that is so it's pretty cool very cool yeah the, very o- cool. the only thing i know about the nba so far this year and it's a very young year a uh, very young season is that the hornets are one and oh one and oh and the lakers suck bad they shot last night it was horrible let me make sure I got my numbers right. I don't want to. Morgan Aylers, hang on. Because, Morgan, you're going to find this interesting as well. A professional basketball team last night shot 9 of 45 from 3. Good gracious. They lot. attempted 45 three-pointers and made 9 of them. Will not get it done. Russell Westbrook was 0 for 11 himself from the field. It was brutal. They lose Terrible. to the Clippers last night. All right, Morgan Aylers will be uh, doing some PA for some ECU basketball coming up soon. He'll be 
on the football call on saturday he joins us here on the pit electric live line morgan how you doing today man i am doing great clip it's a beautiful night for football beautiful weekend for football and you're talking about the lakers sucking so it's a great day morgan you were a basketball player to what point in your career did it get to college uh played at mount olive when it was a junior college yeah it was uh uh had a chance to get a scholarship here but i had to pass a, a physical on my knee and it didn't pass so i met pizza and i got fat and happy <laughs> hey i got a good relationship with pizza yeah. um i'm assuming you did a lot of your damage on the inside but if i gave you 45 three-point attempts how many could you make today morgan today yeah how many could you hit I would say five to ten probably ten all right i'll give you ten that's more than the lakers hit last night i'm gonna say five to ten so we take seven or eight all right fair enough i haven't shot a basketball in probably 10 years so but i still got i I probably could hit 10 all right pirate radio uh video idea morgan bailey i won't i'll put myself in there game of horse morgan would you play with us if you gave me a week yes all right give him a week and he'll be ready to go Morgan Ayler's joining us. Pit Electric Live Line, East Carolina UCF. How about four overtimes last week, Morgan? What was uh, what was it like to see the longest game in ECU football history from your vantage point? Well, I will tell you what happened from my vantage point. With about three minutes to go in the game, nature started calling. <laughs> Took a lot of water during the game. Okay, okay. Went at halftime. Went pregame. Went halftime. You know, okay. Yeah. End of the game. No big deal. Okay, I can I can hold this out. Then we go to overtime. Okay. Then you only have one minute between overtime periods, so there's no time to go. So this game goes on another 25 minutes or how long it went. I told Justin at the end of the game, normally they'll play. When we win a game, they play. Announce the final score, play all you do, all you, um, all I do is win. When the band plays the fight song, and then I do my final read. Well, I told him, I said, dude, I'm reading my stuff. You can wait, tell them to wait on the music. He looked at me. I said, I'm not joking. I got to go. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. It was a great game. And uh, you know, nature waited to be called at the proper time. So life's good. Yeah, it was a great game. Glad we won. We deserved to win that game. I'm going to say, I mean, as, as many tight games as we've been in with, with NC State and Navy, and we deserved to win that game last week. And I'm so happy for the guys that they pulled it out. And, man, they were the walking wounded uh, coming out of it. Uh, Holton Aylers, we saw him. Uh, with his arm dangling uh, at one point in that game, Jeremy Lewis helped off. I know Miles Berry's been banged up with a foot injury, and Marlon Gunn uh, has been seeing some action. He got banged up. Keaton Mitchell, 33 touches the other night. So hopefully the uh, rest and recovery has gone well this week. They're going to have another physical one uh, coming up on Saturday night against UCF, Morgan. Yeah, UCF's a really good football team. And, uh, you know, this is, I think this is what our, our seventh or eighth game in a row this is our eighth game in a row we'll have another one next week before our bye week so we'll have nine games before the bye week for east carolina which is really really late in the college season and uh you know the, the training staff does a great job at east carolina the facilities they've got over now over there now can uh, help bodies recover because you know it, it amazes me people think oh well they just go out there on at practice in the afternoon and then they play a game there's not that you know these guys lift and work out in the mornings. You know, they're over there with training and physical therapy every morning, and then they have practice in the afternoons. And even on Mondays on their day off, they're over there, you know, lifting, working out, watching film. It's a full-time job. And, 
you know, there's some banged up bodies, but they'll be ready to go tomorrow night. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. And um, going on record and saying the Pirates beat UCF. All right, Morgan's on the record. How do you combat uh, a team like UCF that wants to go fast, Morgan? They put up a lot of points. They don't give up a lot. We were talking about this earlier this week. Does East Carolina try to ball control it, which we've seen them do this year, and and take the air out of the ball, go on some long drives? Or do they kind of get into that fist fight, just throw haymakers with UCF and try to go fast, throw it all over the place, and, and see if they can keep up? You know what? And your opinion is the best mode uh, to go into tomorrow against this team? I think you you have the offense that's capable of scoring against UCF's defense. UCF's defense. I mean, you look at their 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 record, and they've 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 got a great team this year. But I don't think they've really been been really pressured too much uh, from a, a defensive standpoint, where they've had to really step up. And I think East Carolina's got probably the, I would say the best offense they've played all year. And defensively for the Pirates, it's, you know, you, you can't let people, um, you know, let the receivers get behind you and give those big plays. Last year, uh, last night, or last week, rather, against Temple, you know, there was some plays, Cliff, you and I could have run and scored on 20 or 30-yard touchdown passes. You know, it was wide open, and Temple's secondary was not very good last week, and UCF sure made him pay for it. Yeah, we've looked at that too, Morgan. We, we kind of the schedules are comparable, and the one that really opened my eyes for UCF was what they did against SMU. You know, Georgia Tech's down, Louisville that that could be looked at as almost a bad loss the way Louisville's played this year. Uh, but the way they beat SMU, that was eye opening. That was really their only challenge this year. You've also got them leaving the state of Florida for the first time this year. The only road game has been at FAU. So if you want to go glass half full, which certainly you are, you like the Pirates to win this game. There's a few things to look at. Oh yeah, I think so. And it's also it's going to be kind of cool tomorrow night. Uh, UCF hasn't had to to deal with that. How will they handle that? It's not going to be cold, but it's going to be cool outside. Uh, I just think that it's going to be a great environment for the Pirates. I think Pirate Nation is going to show up tomorrow night, and I think the the stadium is going to be rocking. And uh, UCF's going to be in it for a dogfight, whether they they know it or not, or whether they think it or not. That's you know that's uh, beyond our control but I really believe that East Carolina is going to be ready to play, and I think it's going to be a heck of a game tomorrow night. I still, like I said, I, I like the Pirates to pull this thing out tomorrow. Morgan, the Panthers' rebuild is uh, officially on. Matt Rule has been fired. Uh, Christian McCaffrey sent to the 49ers. So, stinks for Panthers fans right now. You just hope that with all these draft picks they've received from San Francisco and with the high draft pick they're going to have for losing a lot of games this season – they can bring in the right coach and, and figure it out. At least there are, you know, you'll you'll have some pieces to build with now after the McCaffrey trade. But I know a lot of Panthers fans are upset to see McCaffrey go. Yeah, um, I have mixed feelings about it. I, number one, I've got McCaffrey on my fantasy team, so going to San Francisco is really going to help. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that maybe by getting rid of Christian McCaffrey and bringing these draft picks in, it might help them target – maybe a coach or two they really want to go after and not just settle for somebody. Um, you know, um, you know, depending on who Tepper wants to bring in, hey, we've got all these draft picks, you can create the team that you want. It might right. take a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't shock me to see them trade a couple more players. Yeah. A few more picks. Could be some more on the way out, which means more draft picks uh, for 
the Carolina Panthers. Morgan, thanks for joining us today. We'll hear from you high atop Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Looking forward to a big one Saturday night. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Cliff. You guys have a great weekend. Look forward to the pre- and post-game shows tomorrow night. Yes, sir. We'll be with you 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll head out there to the game and then, of course, take your calls immediately following ECU and UCF. All right, Chandler, let's give away a 12-pack of the Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. This will be some good stuff for your spooky Halloween weekend, which is fastly approaching. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, the early bird gets the worm today. Let's go caller four for a 12-pack of the Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. It can be yours if you're 21 or older. And caller number four, and have not won a prize on Pirate Radio in the month of October on this program. Caller four is a winner. We're back with Brian North after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m., and it's the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. And before we headed, send it back into clip, congratulations to John Carden on winning a 12-pack of Night Owl. Now let's send it back into Clip Rock. Check out the Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. Get ready for Halloween. Proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now that Christian McCaffrey is on the 49ers, they have three of the four players with the most yards after contact per game over the last five seasons. The other player on that list also plays in the state of California. Name that player. Eckler. Corrector. CJ Schaefer showing off the skills here on a Friday. Well done. Let's head out to the Pitt Electric Live Line. Joining us, Brian North, WCTI 12, to get you ready for a night of high school football, some college football, some NFL. North, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm halfway there. Oh, oh. Living on prayer. I thought maybe I'd do uh, answers today where you finish the song lyrics that I start. All right. I'm down with that. Uh, Brian, uh, well, let's start with um, – it is pumpkin season. It is uh, hayride season. You were on one, I believe, last week when we talked to you on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So how'd that go for the fam? I have a problem with kids who want to jump off the hayride and go after the things trying to scare them. Oh, wow. The, these are the children that I'm raising right now. So, yeah. A little too brave. You want them to be brave, but there's uh, such thing as too brave also. Right. A healthy fear has not set in yet. Of <laughs> uh, it like they're carrying sharp objects. So we haven't quite got there yet. Well, Brian, uh, spooky season for some of these football teams. I don't know what I mean by that. It's just a segue. So I thought it sounded pretty good. Uh, but there are some that are uh, a little nervous about Saturday night at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. I've not I've talked to too many folks who 
are uh, on the side of the Pirates against this uh, UCF team, and it's it's more about UCF than it is ECU. This is a team coming in, scoring 41 a game, allowing 14 a game, and uh, have played great ball all season long other than one slip-up uh, at home against Louisville earlier this year. So uh, when you look at the tail of the tape between these two, Brian, uh, how much of a, a shot do you give the Pirates on Saturday night? Well, I certainly give them a shot because they're home. I think playing at home helps. And the recent history between the two schools isn't great, and I think that plays into it. But I think ECU has enough internal confidence playing at home on a Saturday night that I feel like they think they can win the game. So as long as they don't get blitzed in the first quarter, you keep this thing close, and I certainly think they, they have the opportunity. And when you start looking at the overall big picture of the schedule of they need two more wins to be bowl eligible, correct? So where are you going to find those wins? Yeah. Should be a win, right? And then where do you find that other win in the last three games? At BYU, well, that might be even a, the biggest challenge of all. At Cincinnati, that's a really another tough challenge. Then you've got Houston in there. So you've got either Houston or Central Florida, you're going to have to be more than likely to go to a bowl game this year. So uh, you better be confident. You better be ready to go because this, uh, this may be your best shot this season. Talked about this earlier this week, the uh the roller coaster that is East Carolina offense and had that scoring outburst uh, against Campbell, which is to be expected, came back, struggled against Navy, and then put up uh high forties against South Florida, and then nine against Tulane, and then forty seven last week against Memphis. How do they follow that up? The trend says it's another uh an, another struggle offensively, especially with the team, the defense you got coming in playing East Carolina. Can they buck that trend? Can this offense uh, get going Saturday night, Brian? Yeah, they need to. And so what that tells me a little bit is, look, Navy had two weeks to prepare for ECU, and they came up with a great game plan. The Pirates didn't adjust well enough. And then, you know, South Florida just isn't that good. They tried to do something that was played right into the Pirates' wheelhouse. Tulane had a really good defense that, again, figured out the way to beat them, went right at them, and was able to keep them to their lowest point total of the season. So a lot of it is who you're playing, but also it's how you're going to adjust and make those adjustments during the game. They just could never make the adjustments against the Naval Academy, which is, to me, the one that's probably going to come back to haunt them at the end of the year when it comes to whether they become bowl eligible or not and, and teams they should have beat and where they were playing and all those deals. But having going back to your question of the offense, it's going to be adjustments, right? I think it's going to be... How does ECU adjust to what Central Florida throws at them? Obviously, when they play teams with better athletes, teams with better schemes that uh, can disrupt the backfield with Holt Nailers, those teams have had success. So it comes down to offensive line again. It comes down to the young running backs uh, protecting Holt Nailers and chipping and helping out or giving a good relief outlet. So play calling plays a part in that, too. When you play aggressive defenses, you you try to do some misdirection and do some things. So I think it comes back to just how ECU adjusts at home against that Central Florida defense. Brian North joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. We'll check in with North uh, late into our Bud Light pregame tailgate. What are your plans for uh, Saturday evening, Brian? Um, this is the week where uh, I became a solo morning anchor and uh, dealing with a bunch of other stuff. So my planning has not gone past 11.31 tonight <laughs> as far as getting through the blitz. And then tomorrow, I think there's a three-year-old birthday party at 11. Oh, man. Then I'm not even – I don't even know after that. So um, up in the air to be determined. As always, we'll call. If you answer, we'll talk football. If not, we will uh, go on about our business. So you know how it goes. Begging to talk football by that time. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You'll be dying to – Go over UT Martin at Tennessee. We'll break it all down uh, tomorrow night. I'm looking at the national schedule. Man, Brian, it's great when 
we hype up a week of football a slate of games and it comes to fruition and it did last week with alabama tennessee with oklahoma state and tcu utah usc and then of course what we had right here in greenville a four overtime game between the pirates and memphis not that many headliners this week but there are some games that could change the landscape of the college football playoff one of those at noon on abc clemson at home against syracuse this has been a a tricky series for the tigers now they're big home favorites as they should be against undefeated syracuse but you got that one pac-12 we tend to ignore but right now ucla is six and oh and oregon's only loss is to georgia if oregon can keep, keep piling up good wins they could get back into the playoff picture that's at 330 uh, in Eugene and then at night you've got undefeated TCU at home against Kansas State does an undefeated Big 12 team get enough uh, you know credit this year to get into a playoff K-State trying to spoil that for TCU so there are some games that could have some uh, ripple effects when it comes to the uh, the playoff this week well, I don't like uh, school colors going against each other right with Kansas uh, State and uh, battle of orange battle of purple yeah okay yep yeah, ECU and UCF, you know, battle of three-letter schools with some gold in there as well. So, uh, didn't Clemson lose to Syracuse at Syracuse a couple years ago? Yes, which I joked half-jokingly. That's why Dino Babers is still there. Um, now, he has certainly earned his way there with what they've done this year, but they have played them tight and, and even beat the Tigers yeah. in the past. Yeah, that's not going to happen this year. I think this is <laughs> the comeuppance of, okay, we've let you the other orange schools stick around, but I think Syracuse has been living on that wing in a prayer for a while. They caught NC State at the perfect time with Devin Leary not there. Their schedule hasn't been that tough. This is this is the, the game they get smacked right in the mouth, I think, by, by a Clemson school who's starting to, to peak a little bit offensively, headed in the right direction. They're healthy on defense again for the first time. So I think this is the game that Clemson uh, beats the orange out of the orange. So uh, I don't. I think that's going to be your noon blowout. They're mad about playing a noon game because they feel like it's a disrespect of of uh, an ACC huh. headliner game that's, that's at noon. So that's come up this week. So um, Oregon, no matter what they do, everyone's going to remember the loss to Georgia. So it's almost a detriment to the to the Pac-12 that Oregon would run the table and have that a horrible loss to start the year because that'll leave them out of the play. Ah, and they'll say, see, see what happens when they play somebody above their weight class? Uh, and they'll they'll use that to look at the whole Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. And, and Oregon will never play anybody like that again. And so, uh, Look, TCU, uh, that's a great story. I'm loving the TCU deal, and so that's going to be a fun one. So, another, look, we're just be advised. And how many more months and we won't have football on Saturdays? So, you know, soak it up while you can, even on these uh, weekends when you don't have uh, great matchups. And what, NC State, North Carolina are all off this weekend. Duke is at Miami's an intriguing game. I was going to highlight that one, Brian. Just to, just keep an eye on it. Duke has four wins, two away from yep. six, which would be great for them going into the year, looked at as a complete afterthought. And uh, I think they'll give Miami a game. They'll put up some points anyway. Miami hasn't been great. Mario no. the ball. I mean, he's got to start worrying about his deal going on there because – uh, they're in that weird division that North Carolina is leading, but that's as, as crazy as a division as you're going to see. They'll probably go down to the wire. But yet, even though Duke is probably out of the running for the division title and going to the ACC championship, it's a different Duke team playing with a different attitude. And I'll, I'd like to see how they bounce back. But um, how do they match up against Miami? It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and can Miami stay in contention in that division title? Brian North joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Brian, some breaking news last night. You were uh, probably snoozing when you. Uh, everybody learned that Christian McCaffrey had been traded 
to the San Francisco 49ers. So the Panthers rebuild. Uh, they fire the coach. They get rid of their all-world superstar running back. There could be others on the way out. So they are uh, going ahead and planning for this rebuild. Got a lot of draft picks in exchange for the uh, the prize running back there. Do you remember an NFL team tanking by week? What are we, second? <laughs> That's a good point. It's uh, It's pretty early on, yeah. Yeah, to fire your head coach that early and just replace him with somebody you're just like, he's going to be the sacrificial lamb in Steve Wilkes. You get rid of Robbie Anderson because he was not mad about, he was mad about being taken off the field on third down. Now you get rid of the big contract of Christian McCaffrey. Really, on the surface, these are good moves that probably had to be made. I just don't ever remember a team going and tanking by week seven. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to keep the number one pick out of the Carolina Panthers' hands this year because so now you've got. P.J. Walker starting at quarterback again. Sam Darnold coming back. Baker Mayfield there. And then uh, Jacob Easton. Yeah. That's your quarterback room right now. And I think a good prop bet in Vegas would be who starts the most games at quarterback for the Panthers for the rest of the season. Because it's going to be a train wreck back there. Now Chuba Hubbard, who is probably elated to be the new starting running back for the Carolina Panthers, just realized he's now the new starting running back for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, never good when you're not out of October and you're uh, you're looking at mock drafts. And that's what the uh, the Panthers fans are doing right now, trying to figure out. Wilkes, man. The, guy, the guy's finally the head coach again, and, and he takes a hold of this train wreck. You know, it's like the wheels are falling off. Right, you got in the door on this one. How are you supposed to keep your reputation? Yeah, and get another head coaching job when all of a sudden you're basically being told to tank this thing for the last ten games of the year. Well, remember how he was set up to fail with the the Cardinals uh, when he had that shot, and they got him out of town and uh, blew up the whole thing. Uh, brought in Kingsbury, brought in uh, Kyler Murray, who finally looked good last night. The Cardinals, uh, I saw this during the broadcast last night. In their win over the Saints, snapped the longest uh, streak for a team not scoring in the 40s. It had been since 2017. So, Arizona, and they were helped out, by the way, by two uh, pick sixes. One of which was Andy Dalton's fault, one was not. But uh, the Saints are uh, a mess. The whole NFC South is a mess, Brian. Yeah. 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 Well, like you, you said, keep an eye on Tampa. You don't think they're going to have a good year, and and so far so good. You're right. Plus, Tom Brady is going to weddings uh, yep. and skipping walkthroughs, and it almost doesn't matter. Now the Falcons are feisty. They're three and three on the year, but the Bucks I think can fool around for another six, yeah. seven weeks, and finally probably just turn it on in December, win the division, and and then see what happens in the playoffs. I said before the season started, I didn't think Tampa would be that good again, but who would beat them in the division? And yeah. they start look, looking at who was there, and it's, you know, it's a, definitely an ugly contest here. It goes, harkens back to the old NFC West days when a team with a 7-9 and record made, made the playoffs. So I just I, I took a flyer on the Panthers because I'm a little bit of a homer, and I thought Matt Rule could maybe turn it around. I thought maybe Baker Mayfield would, would find what ails him. But, no, the worst case was in there scenarios happening the Panthers will be a one-win team this year and so who yeah who who takes over for Tampa I mean Atlanta has been a nice surprise Arthur Smith who I remind everybody every time is married to a former WCTI reporter so we root for him a little bit based on that has got things doing okay in Atlanta but New Orleans looks like a train wreck so no go to weddings Tom it's it, you know we'll see in the playoffs when it's supposed to matter and they'll get Gronkowski back by then for a <laughs> run you know, they'll be probably bring in Beckham. Yeah, just get a bunch of old dudes together and, and go for a uh, a ring down there. Yeah. Yeah. Brian North joining us. Man, we got a lot going on. The uh the MLB playoffs continuing tonight and yep. 
Hornets have their home opener. They are going to be a train wreck this year, although they uh, whooped up on the lowly Spurs the other night. Spurs have a really bad roster, if you want to check that out. Uh, but tonight, going to be a different story. I was talking to a um, an older gentleman last night, picking up some to-go at AJ's, and uh, he was asking, he said, I want to pick an NBA team, and he said he saw the highlights for the Pelicans the other night, and they had Zion and Brandon Ingram and kind of a, an ACC feel, and you throw in C.J. McCollum, who actually uh, knocked Duke out of a tournament one year uh, with Lehigh. But, Big round from Raleigh. Uh, th- there you go, uh, who I was a fan of when he was on Charlotte. Um, they got something going there, especially if Zion's healthy. The other night, their box score was uh, was just like they wanted it. Ingram, Zion, McCollum, all with 20-plus points. They play the Hornets tonight in Charlotte, and uh, kind of two teams, I think, going in opposite ways right now. Hornets... Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, they they're, they just don't look like a mess. And the Pelicans look like a, a fun team in the West to get behind this year, Brian. Really big, long roster, especially along the front lines with Ingram. Now you've got Zion. The only question mark is going to be how does Zion integrate himself back into a team that had a nice playoff run without him last yeah. year. And he's been a guy who's been accused of being a little selfish with the ball in his hands and uh, Brandon Ingram isn't going to have that. And so uh, I'm cur- I'm very curious to see how Zion, when all the attention is going to be back on him again, how he's going to integrate with a team that was successful without him. And so game one, so far so good. Let's see how this thing goes. But they've got a serviceable, back- serviceable backcourt. But their front line with how long they are and how well they can defend, and now they've built some depth with that roster, they are suddenly very quickly becoming the uh, Cinderella sweethearts of the nba and already the top four pick for a lot of teams coming out of the west our buddy todd graffinini going to be on the call tonight former tulane play-by-play voice with the pelicans and the hornets all right brian i appreciate you joining us today man have a great weekend we'll try to check in with you and uh save you from uh, a birthday party whatever else you got going on tomorrow night oh my god it's uh i'm still trying to figure out a way to sneak out the hard part on saturday night is i'm so tired from being up early all week long yeah really if I can get the kids to bed at a certain time and say some really nice things to my wife, maybe I could sneak out and get up there for like second quarter on. But I just I'll have to test the the uh, the, the gas engine. The, the right, yeah. Even like you said, if you do ha- have that permission and ability, you don't have the uh, the power, the strength to do so. so it's rough. <laughs> It used to be Friday and Saturday nights are my catch-up nights when I would get some sleep. Now in, in high school football, I don't have Friday nights. So Saturday nights are my catch-up. And now ECU's playing 7.30 games, which is still <laughs> so, uh, But we'll see. Uh, you never say never. Living on a prayer, Clippy. Living on a prayer. There you go. Halfway there. Thank you, Brian. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good, brother. Brian North joining us on the Pit Electric Live line, Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. One more guest to get to, so let's take a break. We'll come back. Mark Greenhill, host of the Golf Shop Radio Show. Well, join us on the other side of this timeout. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. 
Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is a family-run dealership that creates a family-like atmosphere for their customers. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has one of the biggest used car inventories in eastern North Carolina. Shop online today at EastCarolinaChryslerDodge.com. East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. Go Pirates! Now let's send it back in to Clip Brock, who is very excited for this song he's listening to. At night, I think of you. I want to be your lady, baby. Your name is we were, uh, we were jamming to that during the break. That was good stuff. And, and why? I don't know, but I'm glad we did. Did you break out a uh, Kirk Cousins gritty? Or it was a Mike Gusecki gritty? Yeah. I was doing whatever the, the trendy dance the running was. Man. The running man dance that went with that song when it was popular. No, I thought the running man was MC Hammer. But now I can. Yeah. I can definitely. Is this a different kind of running man dance? I can definitely break out a gritty. All right, fair enough. I don't know my dances, but and it's I, not Mike Gusecki, man, because Mike Gusecki, he's mine's b- way better than Mike Gusecki. All right, fair enough. <laughs> that Let, boy crazy. Let's that head boy out does. to the Pit Electric Live Line and talk to Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show. He joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Greeny, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Cliff. How you doing? I'm fantastic, uh, Greeny. I asked you earlier today if you'd be available for the show, and your previous responses have been yes. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, things like that. Uh, today, I got a Y-E-P-P-E, which I read as Yepi, and I'm assuming, is this, uh, are you part of the uh, the Zappy Hour? Are you on the, was that a Zappy reference there? No, that might have just been uh, forgetting the R for Yepper. <laughs> okay. I thought you were head over heels for the uh, the Patriots quarterback, which maybe you are. Are you a Matt guy or a Zappy guy as uh, Matt gets back healthy? I'm whichever one wins football games, man. Uh, you know, I mean, look, Zappi's played against two pretty crappy defenses, so we'll see what happens when, you know, if he plays this week, if he plays a little bit better defense but in the Bears. But I don't know. I mean, I think they're asking both of those quarterbacks just to not make mistakes. And you've seen uh, Mac Jones make a few mistakes in the first couple games that cost him maybe. But you've also seen some guys drop the ball and, and uh, some fumbles and some bad timing for Mac Jones. So I'm fine with either one. Just whoever wins the football game is all that matters to me. And classic Patriots these last two weeks. So they got the highest scoring, highest uh, you know passing offense in football in Detroit. They shut them out. And then last week they go to Cleveland. What do the Browns do each and every week? Even if they don't win, they run the football, hold the – you know, Hunt and and Chubb down to under 100 yards. So just when you're ready to count the Pats out, count Belichick out, they go out and and do stuff like that. So uh, still hope uh, for you Pats fans, I guess. Well, you know, there was the big thing going around that, you know, the last two times that the Patriots started one and three, they won the Super Bowl. So it's like <laughs> trying to focus on that, but whatever. Just win football games and let let it take care of itself. While we're talking football, your Clemson Tigers uh, at home against undefeated Syracuse. And somehow Dino Babers and, and the Orange have given the Tigers issues over the years. They've beat them before. Clemson is a two-touchdown favorite. And they should be favorites tomorrow noon on ABC. Are you you worried at all about this orange team that has given uh, Clemson fits in the past? I think if it was on the road, I'd be a little more concerned. Um, 
because it just seems like an, an odd place to play up there in the Carrier Dome. And if you're not used to playing there, then it's just is it's a weird environment. But being at home, I don't think there's going to be much issue. Looks like the defense is finally kind of rounding into form. Brian Bercy will be back with a full week of practice underneath his belt. He got some guys back in the secondary. So I think this defense is only getting stronger. They're a little irritated that they uh, they let up a couple of late touchdowns against Florida State when that game was in the bag. So I think you're going to see a little bit better effort by the defense. And the offense has just kind of been taking what teams have been giving them. And if you want them to run the ball, they're going to run the ball. If you give them short passes, they're going to take the short passes. If you're going to move up, I think they're going to take a chance downfield. So it's nice to see that the offense is able to adjust and DJ has kind of settled in. Greeny, looking at the rest of the way, you've you've talked about that Notre Dame game at Notre Dame coming up on November 5th, and then three home games to round out the year, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, and then a championship game, which uh, looks like it might be against the North Carolina Tar Heels, and there will be a lot of orange in that stadium as well. So if Clemson runs the table, uh, looks like they're going to be in the college football playoff. Although, I, do you look around week to week, Greeny? We've kind of highlighted this week's games to keep an eye on. UCLA's undefeated, taking on Oregon in the Pac-12. TCU still undefeated in the Big 12. They take on K-State this week. And then you've got the SEC, which might be kind of eating each other, especially if Georgia beats Tennessee later this year. So while you're watching your Tigers, do you kind of look around at what else is going on in the uh, college football playoff landscape? Yeah, I mean, I've always felt like if Clemson handled their business and they would, you know, and go undefeated, that it's hard to leave them out just because uh, of their reputation. I mean, we always say that, and it would have been nice if the Notre Dame game was a little bit, you know, Notre Dame had been taking care of their business, but their early season stumbles kind of cost them a little bit. But anytime you go into Notre Dame and win a football game, you get some bonus points out of that. But, you know, everything else will take care of itself. I mean, the SEC teams, somebody's got to lose, right? You said Georgia, Tennessee. I mean, you go to Ohio State, Michigan, somebody's got to lose there. Uh, you know, you got to think TCU maybe makes the run and, and could slide in to the fourth spot. Like if, you know, like if, all the SEC teams do feed on themselves. Again, UCLA, USC, probably one of those two, uh, you know, is going to beat each other. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities going out there. I mean, TCU's got to, you know, beat Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. It's just hard for a team that's, uh, you know, is kind of new to this stuff to get more pressure and more pressure and see how they handle it. But uh, I think they may be the only team that could slide into that four spot. Mark Greenhouse Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. We also always talk some football with Greeny here on Fridays. Uh, Mark, and and we get to golf, and hate to do this right off the bat, but we'll go off the uh, course, off the greens. I saw that uh, the PGA Tour filed a federal lawsuit Thursday against the uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, governor of the fund that finances the Live Golf Tour. So, what is uh what what is what are the bullet points on this, Greeny? What do we need to know about this? It's the same. I think they're just they're fighting back, and um, I think that's what you're going to look at is that you know you're going to you've seen them counter sue, and you've seen um, different things like that happen, and I think they're just they're making their stand, and basically they're trying to say hey that uh, you guys are are not doing the right thing, and we're kind of coming back at you. So you know I think this is kind of fighting fire with fire. And, uh, and they're trying to get some of this stuff thrown out, and they're trying to show that these guys have uh, done some underhanded stuff. And, 
I think that they're they're going to say that hey, they were trying to tear down the PGA Tour while they're suing us at the same time and offering these guys all this money and offering them money to try and steal our players. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing continues to play out. Greeny, uh, what do you keep an eye on uh, when it comes to the CJ Cup in South Carolina going on this weekend? Yeah, well, Rory McIlroy has a chance to move to number one. So that's one of the things to look at with Scotty Scheffler uh, hanging on to that for quite some time. So it's one of those deals where I think if Rory finishes first or like solo second, that uh, he's got a chance to move up to number one, depending on, you know, what uh, what Scotty Scheffler does. But again, these are, these are the events where you look at there's some um, top players in the field. There's some other guys that have gotten in from various ways. And you just kind of look and see um, from these events, like who's making the move, who's maintaining. And, I um, mean, you got a guy like Kurt Kitayama right now who's on the outside looking in of the top 50 in the world golf ranking. He's currently in second place, and he's number 56 in the world. Maybe he has a really good week. Maybe he wins this week or, you know, a top two or three finish. That propels him into the top 50 in the world. And lo and behold, now he's in all the majors next year. On the flip side of that, we've kind of been watching Harold Varner III flipped another spot this past week down to 47. And you got to think with the events that are left on the schedule for the PGA Tour, there's like seven or so events that uh, it's going to be hard for Harold Varner III to maintain in that top 50 and be automatically qualified for the majors next hmm. year. Ah, good insight. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny, what's on tap for Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we're going to talk to the Five Club Pod uh, host, Gary Williams. He's going to be live down at Congaree, so we'll kind of get a feel for, you know, maybe what the players are rumbling about uh, in terms of the, the lawsuits and all the stuff that's going on. I know Rory fired back at, uh, at Phil again, so that'll be interesting. We're going to get uh, Craig Island talking Sea Island, so all the stuff that goes on at, down on at Sea Island, and then we're going to give you a preview of the next tournament on the slate for the PGA Tour the Bermuda Championship with Steve Lambert over there in Bermuda. So, man, Bermuda's an interesting place. Uh, a bunch of golf courses on such a little island. Greeny, good stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great show on Saturday, and we'll reconvene with you uh, coming up next week. All right. Thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us on this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. He joined us on the Pit Electric Live line. Pit Electric is hiring. You can join their team. Go to pitelectric.com. They have been eastern north carolina's premier electrical contractor for the past 40 plus years so thanks to pit electric for their support of the live line we'll be going to that quite often on saturday evening into sunday morning on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show east carolina and ucf going at it uh, check us out ride along with us and uh, watch some games with us coming up saturday at 3 30 we're gonna have a good time so uh, if you're at your tailgate, if you're at home, wherever you are, pick us up on radio, Facebook, YouTube, however you choose to indulge in Pirate Radio. And uh, we'll be having a good time here in the Pirate Radio studios and uh, enjoying some Parker's Barbecue as well. Looking forward to that on a football Saturday. All right, Chandler, if the Hornets win tonight, I'm going to be back. I will. Championship or bust. <laughs> I will go ahead and say that I'll be on board with the Hornets at least till the end of November. Because right now, I'm not on board with them. Okay. I think they're going to be awful. And that's fair. And I I think so, too. And if I have to be quite frank, if I have to be frank. Who's Frank? What uh, Frank would you choose to be? Frank Thomas. If I had to be Frank Thomas. uh, I'm sorry. What race is he? 
Uh, he is a black Thank male. you. All right. He is a black man. For those that don't know, Chandler didn't know that Fred McGriff was a black man. So, uh, If I have to be frank, the Hornets will show their true colors tonight because the Spurs are a terrible basketball program. Program. Franchise. Whatever. You're in college. Excuse me, guys. I'm just trying to be Frank Thomas here. But the Hornets will show their true colors tonight. And Are you, you having see. erectile dysfunction issues? Doesn't he have some He is big on that. He's a big spokesperson for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I have to be Frank Kaminsky here, I would just say that uh, the Hornets do stink. Uh, I helped them stink for years, and they're going to stink. But if they win tonight against the Pelicans, I will be on board with the Hornets at least till the end of November. Well, if I had to be Frank the Tank from Barstool Sports, <laughs> uh, you're both right. Alright, gang, we'll see you Saturday, 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Come in with a winning attitude, a winning mindset, and we'll win our tailgate again tomorrow. As my grandfather always told me, and it was during golf, we would play golf, I would always get pissed at myself and have a negative attitude. He always said, P-M-A, positive mental attitude. Mm. Coming here tomorrow with P-M-A, a positive mental attitude, and let's get after it. ECU, UCF, PMA. We'll see you Saturday, 3.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Back with you Monday at 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.